Ernest, what's up? Look, in the world of personal finance management, finding the right tool is crucial. If you've been relying on Mint to keep your personal finances in check, I got a mix of news for you. Mint is closing down. But here's a silver lining. Monarch Money is stepping up as the go-to financial app and users, including myself, are making the switch with a smile. Before Monarch, juggling my finances felt like navigating a stormy sea. Other apps either lacked features or were too cumbersome. Then came Monarch Money. Its ease of use, powerful features, and sleek design turned financial management from a chore into a breeze. The constant updates, well, that's the cherry on top. But what truly set it apart for me was its collaboration feature. Money matters constrain relationships, but Monarch brings peace to the table. The app's collaboration tools allowed my partner and I to seamlessly manage our finances together. We aligned on our budgets, tracked our cash flow, and even planned our future goals all in one place. Speaking of goals, be it saving for a down payment, your dream vacation, or your children's education, Monarch simplifies it all. It's no wonder the Wall Street Journal hailed it as the best budgeting app. This isn't just an app. It's the next generation of personal finance management, ad-free, intuitive, and always evolving with you in mind. Now look, Monarch isn't just another app. It's the all-in-one solution. From effortlessly importing your data from Mint to customizing your dashboard to your heart's content, Monarch respects your privacy with a strict no-ads, no-data-selling policy. This is financial management as it should be, focused on you. Look, after trying out Monarch for myself, I understand why it's a top-rated personal finance app. And right now, get an extended 30-day free trial when you go to monarchmoney.com slash Mondays. That's M-O-N-A-R-C-H-M-O-N-E-Y dot com slash Mondays for your extended 30-day free trial. Introducing Wondersuite from Bluehost.com, the tool that makes WordPress wonderful for everyone. Website creation is hard, but now with Bluehost, you can answer a few simple questions about your business and goals, and the Wondersuite tools will automatically lay out your WordPress website or store in minutes. Seriously. From there, you can customize your design, pick your brand colors and add blocks, no custom theme or coding required. You'll get content suggestions that you can keep or revise. And with Yoast SEO built in, we automatically help you get found in search engines. From step-by-step guidance to suggested plugins to an AI-powered help bot, our built-in tools make WordPress wonderful for everyone. Whether you're a beginner or a pro, you can join over 2 million Bluehost users. Go to bluehost.com slash wondersuite. That's bluehost.com slash wondersuite. Earners, it's 2021, the year of execution. In order to execute, we have to have information. And the number one place to get the information, EYL University. Shadi, tell them what we bring in. Yes, EYL University has been reloaded. We already have 100 past webinars. We already have weekly webinars. We already have our private investment group on Facebook. We already have monthly financial planning calls. We already have bi-weekly real estate calls. But what has been added to EYL University this year is access to MG, the mortgage guy's home buyer's blueprint, which walks you through the home buying process from A to Z. And what also has been added, breaking news alert. Everybody breaking always news. asks to be in our group How chat. How do I get in there? How do I and get in there? when we talk about all the investment plays that we are making, we are going to have investment calls, group chat calls with me, Troy, and the whole team and walk you through our plays that we're making and give you insight into our portfolios. 
all of that for 75% off. That's right. We are doing a blowout sale, 75% off for a limited time only. Go to EYLUniversity.com right now and sign up. See you on the other side. Yes, yes. So we got a lot to talk about today. Um, we just we we waiting to get the the YouTube on. Um and also I want to talk about if we have enough time today too, that Roth IRA play that I talked about on the Breakfast Club. Mm. Um I want to fully explain that because I see that there were still some questions in regards to that. Um so I definitely want to explain that in detail. And go over that so everybody has a clear understanding of, of um you know what I was referring to as far as that strategy is concerned. So definitely. And we see you, bro. We're coming for you. Also, in the meantime, while we while we get Ian in, we got a multitask, Troy. We're gonna talk about the market. Let's do it. Um stock market, the the, the Dow which up six hundred points today. Can we talk about last week first? Yeah, let's talk about it. <laughs> and that's that's what we said. Um and one of the, the reasons why we you know we always talk about our plays. One of the main reasons you talk about ETFs is because of volatility and protecting yourself against that, but also extending some of your calls out a little further than six months to a year. And this is like last week was one of those prime examples. We saw it in September when the market kind of corrected itself, especially in the tech sector. And we saw it at the end of October. And some of the, the people that had just joined us, it was new for them. And so I got a lot of phone calls. Um, I'm sure a, a lot of people got a lot of phone calls, were a little nervous. And I just kept telling everybody, look, that's why you gotta have your seatbelt on and have your plan in order. Have your plan. Um, so when when weeks like last week happen, you're able to put yourself in a position to win. All right. So we saw some of our the names that we always talk about pull back. I, I saw Apple pull back 17%. I mean, which was incredible, especially if you were looking to find a buy-in point. We talked about Tesla in our uh, opening in one of our classes uh, with Francis, and he was saying that the pullback point is gonna be at 700. Ian mentioned that it would be at 728. And lo and behold, we saw it hit those numbers. And so if you just are diligent and you're a real student and focus on your entry points, you have plenty of them. Even in the ETF games, uh, I had a few friends that would say, look, XLK, if it gets to six, if it gets to six, I'm going to buy. Well, XLK hit six, even QQQ. And that was a conversation we had. I was like, look, if it pulls back to 315, I got to get in. It pulled back right to that number. And so it was a play I had to make. Yeah. Um, so it was one of those opportune times, and then you see what happened today. The market is up. Dow was up over 600 points. NASDAQ over three, what, 396. Uh, the S&P had the best day it's had since June of last year. So the market, you have to give it time. There's no perfect way to time it, obviously. But you have to have your entry points. That's why we said we never make an investment before we have an entry and an exit. We want to know where we're getting out, and we also know where we're going to get in. Yeah, for sure. So. I'll, I'll do this before, I wanna do this later, but um, I'll do this before everybody that's in here earlier get a little treat. Um, so when I was on, we was on a breakfast club and I had mentioned the Roth IRA play for your kid. And I said, um, if you put $6,000 into uh, ETF, hypothetically speaking into the QQQ um, situation, and then by the time that they retire, they'll have $1.1 million. A lot of people didn't fully understand that. So let me break this down. Let me break this down into, into great detail. So what I meant by that was this. The reason why I did the Roth is because obviously we know the Roth is tax-free. Well, maybe not obviously, but if you don't know that, 
um, a Roth IRA, when you take the money out in retirement, is tax free. You don't pay any income tax on it. So obviously, if you're if you're younger, you want to have the more tax advantage plan as opposed to um, the traditional IRA that's actually taxed. So you can actually open a Roth, or a child can open a Roth IRA. Um, they have to be of legal working age. That's why I said age 14, because for most states, you can get your working permit. You can start working at age 14. The reason why I said 6,000 is that the most that you can put in into an IRA is $6,000. <clears> and um, you can do up to the amount of money that's earned for the year. So what I'm saying is that, let's say hypothetically speaking, the child had a part-time job, right? You work at CVS or a camp counselor, and then you got another part-time job throughout the course of the year, a couple hours a week. Yeah, that average for the you know 12 months is about $6,000. So the $6,000 was not a number that you definitely have to do. Um, it's just to give you an example on it. So if you contributed $6,000 into the Roth IRA for your child at the age of 14, once they are able to start working. Now, the reason why I say QQQ is that QQQ has averaged 20% for the last 10 years, right? Mm -hmm. So when you say average 20%, for the last 10 years, that's not like guaranteed that it's going to get 20% every single year. What happens is that, so in average, like, you know, we all went to math class. If something is 40% one year, 10% one year, 15% one year, we so take the average, average, we take the average. average of those numbers. So it's not guaranteed that it's gonna do 12% for the course of the next 60 years. But I mean, it has strong track record. So that's why I said, okay, it's done 20% for the last 10 years. It's not unreasonable to think it's going to do 12% a year average. Mm -hmm. So when you average, if you put $6,000 in and just did it for one year, if you average that 12% over the course of time until they actually reach 60, the reason, the age, the reason why I use the age 60 is that is the retirement age for the IRS, right? 59 and a half. Mm -hmm. So the whole point of it was to say, you know, if you set your child up, hypothetically speaking, they'll have over a million dollars in retirement. So that's what I was saying as far as a lot of time people take jobs and, you know, they sacrifice their dreams and all of that just to get a retirement plan, a 401k or a pension. You hear it all the time, the job has good benefits. So I was using that as a hypothetical example to show you, like, this is a play that you can run for your child. Now, obviously, there's different strategies. You can put less money in. You can do it over the course of time. You can do yearly. Uh, it doesn't have to be done all at once, just in one year. But that was a that was an example, you know, just to kind of show you if you really think about it, like, damn, six thousand dollars can actually guarantee almost guarantee a, a million dollars. I'm sure people was listening like, does he know what he's talking about? Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Yes. Do so, the you math know, you always got to clarify stuff. <laughs> There's always not even I, it's not even that people are critics or anything like that. It's just that people aren't fully educated. So well, that's it, what makes them critical because of the lack of education. Yeah, yeah. So but our job is to make sure that everybody understands the information. Because you know, a teacher is only good as the, the students that actually retain the information. Mm -hmm. So if we're not if we're not relaying the information to where the point where everybody can understand it, then it just has to be explained a little bit further. So um, I'm glad that we actually got a chance to fully explain that because I know that, that was something that a lot of people may have had questions about. And the last thing before we bring Ian on, a lot of people will say like, well, "How can I open up a Roth IRA?" It's pretty easy. You can do it all brokerage accounts. Um, you know, Fidelity, TD, anything like that, you can open up a Roth IRA for your child. We actually talked about it in the, um, the trapping with EYL, of course, as well, with one the detail. But um, Ian, we, we, we brought some time. Yeah, we can hear you. We can hear you. You got the green screen. 
I'm good. You got you got an echo. Let's see what we can do. He in the chambers. Yeah, he's he in like, 36 you know, chambers. <laughs> it looks like the um the uh Joker, the Joker's lab. He could be in the back cave. Possibly. Ernest, I appreciate you. Thank you for being so patient. Yeah, a, a quick Zoom hating situation, but you know, we always, always overcome that. Yeah, yeah, yeah You always sure. don't overcome that. And shout out to all the earners um, that missed the book club yesterday. Uh, you missed it for a great reason, and you will see this Sunday. This Sunday, we have something extremely special that has never happened in the book club before. We actually have the author of the book coming to talk with us, which is the first time ever. And so I'm super excited about that. If you haven't checked out the book club yet, in the words of my brother Rashad, you're doing yourself a tremendous disservice. A lot of gems are put in there and a lot of people are sharing important information. Um, so make sure you tune in this Sunday at three. Yes. It's going to be big. The, um, the zone. We can, we, yeah, I can, yeah, it's an echo. I can hear you though. But um, the doors to Zoom has been open, <laughs> and so everybody that's that's uh, EYL University, you could you can jump in Zoom now if you if you would like. And um, oh yeah, one last thing before we bring Ian on is uh, EYL University the um, the sale that we had. We was in Miami, so we extended it. So the sale is actually ending today, tonight at midnight. So you got a couple hours if you want to take advantage of that seventy five percent off. And um, we'll see you on the other side. But Ian, are you are you good now? If not, you might not, you might be able to do it without the microphone. Yeah, it sounds terrible on the laptop, but I'm gonna see if I can, if they can fix it. All right, yeah, let's, let, let, let's run it, let's run it. But we need that microphone for you though. Oh, I like this. What's that? We got the chat room guidelines in here. What about now? <laughs> Shout out to Liz. Now you in, you good, bro. Just let's just let's just. It's a, it's a slight echo, but it, we'll we'll get through it. All right. All right. Let me know if you can see my screen. Yeah, we got you over yeah, here. We can see you. Okay, good. Um, so number one, I want you guys to go read the podcast. Uh, if we get to number one on the charts, I want to give away a thousand scholarships for you guys. Um, secondly, I want you to subscribe to my YouTube. I'll be dropping daily videos there. And of course, uh, after Market Mondays, we'll be do, doing Trading After Dark at 9.30 Central. So I'm happy to talk about some trading stuff with there with you guys. Uh, Stock Club, if you want to know where to get in, where to get out, where to exit, which companies to buy, which ones to stay away from. You can join Stock Club. Unfortunately, there won't be any more deals, but the returns are amazing. So last week we covered how real estate integrates with um, our portfolio and in investing and how important it is. And this week I wanna go over something important. The 33 hidden secrets of investing and trading. Type yes in chat if you guys are ready. I was gonna do a quiz at the beginning, but I wanna save it for the end. And we'll go through these companies later but we're actually going to get some great chart time in and the nine meme stocks, stocks that we talked about last week. Okay. So lesson number one, please write this down. Never risk 1.6% on any trade unless you have a profit factor of 10. 
if you do this, you can lose 61 trades in a row and not blow up your account. Now, I don't want you to lose 61. But if you get on a cold streak and you lose 10 or 15 in a row, you can still be good. Number two, select the number of trades that you are going to take for the year. Type in chat, how many trades are you actually going to take for the year? Because I'll see you guys talking about futures, derivatives, trading GameStop, NVIDIA, AMD. You guys are happy the market was up today, even though you guys are crying Friday. You need three targets. So in, in the dream team, we have three. We have one short, a short target, that's 31.2% return. Our medium target is 200%. And then our big target is 400. So like when AMC goes crazy and it goes parabolic and goes up 200%, we're really not worried about it because in the futures market, once every two weeks, that's a sustainable goal that we can hit with, with no issue, okay? Number four. I hate to break it to you, but are you rich from trading? If so, you can trade. If you're not profitable, you cannot. So the thing is like so many people are talking about trading, not many people are actually making money from it. And that is the end all be all goal. It doesn't matter if you know everything about the market. What really matters more than anything is can you actually be able to take money from it? Number five, you must have an edge that you can improve upon but never change. So once you have your system in place, you want to be able to make slight improvements to it, but you don't want to system hop. So if you're trading momentum or moving average, breakouts, you have to focus on that, but I don't want you to change and then start trading VWAP or uh, triple crossover or Fibonacci fans or something like that. Put in chat, I'm going to stick with my trading system for one decade. For one decade. Number six, do not trade in front of an economic report. So if Powell is speaking, I want you to stay away from that report. If any uh, natural gas crude report comes out, stay away from that information. Trade a couple minutes before or a couple minutes after. Okay, number seven, if you take a thousand trades, how many will you win? You have to know this. How many will you lose and how much will your returns be? If you do not know this, you are simply gambling, okay? And I don't want you guys to be here to gamble. And then number eight, market tends to trend for 20 to 40% of the time. And after that, they are very, very, very choppy. Number nine, if you cannot trade in a bullish market, in a bearish market, in a choppy market, you cannot trade. So you have to be able to make money whether the market is going up, going down, or we're flat. Usually when the market is flat, that is a sign that a breakout move is going to come. You have to be able to trade in all three. Last year, because of quantitative easing, everybody was able to make money. This year is going to be a lot more difficult, okay? Number 10, you need a target for all three markets. So regardless of what market you trade, you have to be able to execute and perform and make money on all three. Number 11, be loyal to your system, but not to a position or a company. I cannot wait for the day when Tim Cook retires and then I can say, hey, Apple's no longer good. It was once great, it's terrible now. You have to be in love with your process for making money, but you can't fall in love with the company because a good company can go bad and a bad company can eventually go good. Number 12, this is very important. Trade the asset that you are most profitable trading 
not the one that you like the most. So for those of you trading futures, you may like trading NASDAQ or gold or crude a lot more because they're faster, but ZB gives a lot more safety. So you wanna trade those. Number 13, I talked about this before, but not many people actually do it. You wanna risk $1 to make 25. So the higher the risk to reward ratio is skewed in your favor, the higher the probability you, you can do well on the market and you'll be here for years to come. Out of all these lessons so far, please type in chat really quick, which one makes sense to you? Number 14, I know you guys don't wanna hear this, but risk control is all that matters. Snipers die less than gunslingers. So if you guys are always looking to take on a bunch of risk or you have a one-to-one -one ratio or a negative risk to reward ratio, it only takes one bad report, one fat finger trade and everything will fall apart for you. If you're risking one to make 25, you're gonna do pretty damn well. Number 15, write this down. If we have a record down Friday or a hard drop on Friday, we usually have a record down Monday following it. So on August 24, 2015, when we had that big drop that was one of my best trades, that Friday, the market dropped and then Monday did the same. You can take advantage of it. For my swing traders, if you are shorting the market and we are on a precipitous decline, you want to short from Thursday through Tuesday to be able to get an edge, okay? Number 16, a contraction of the market usually leads to an explosive move it's the calm before the storm. So when the markets get really tight and we're ranging, let's say we're staying between 130 to 125, a breakout move is either gonna to come to the upside or the downside. Number 17, when too many people are doing the same damn thing, the market will go through an adjustment period or correct itself. So last year, everyone was able to kill in futures, options, stocks. You're gonna see a lot more damage happen this year in people's accounts because the market is gonna correct itself. Number 16, if you think it will break to the downside, please write this down. It's very important if you're intraday trading. Let's say you're getting into the market and you don't know which way the ES is, ES is gonna go up. You know you can set a pending order on the bullish side if we break out to the upside. And then if you think we're gonna drop, you can set a pending order on the sell side as well. So regardless of which way the market goes, you'll be able to catch the move. Now, this still has to factor into your number of trades for the year, but if you just don't know which way the market is gonna go, I don't want you to gamble, I want you to follow the color of the candle, but you can set two orders. So when, the, when you get into the market, if it, we have a huge breakout to the upside, you'll catch the bullish move or we'll catch the bearish move. And then once you're in one move, take the order off. Take the Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. You can earn four times points on your top two eligible spending categories every month, like transit, U.S. restaurants, and gas stations. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Four times points on up to $150,000 in purchases per year. Terms apply. Learn more at AmericanExpress.com slash businessgoldcard. This is called top and bottom trading at the same time. Number 19, most traders never truly know direction because they do not invest long-term. And I want to thank you. A lot of you would do a hell of a lot better if you started buying a position around NVIDIA, XLK, AMD, Novavax, Teladoc, any of those. Because when you wake up on a Monday, like today, if you saw that your portfolio was up, 
you had an inclination that the market was going to go up. Number 20, trade the prime time or when the funds are most active or you're going to get your account chopped up in the middle. Number 21, always use the stop loss in case of a limit up or a limit down event. I know some of you like naked trading and it's fun. It's fun to be able to catch moves to the downside for 500 points and make 40% of the day. What happens if you short the market like the guy from Melbourne Capital and the entire market pushes up against you and now you're down 90% and you don't want to get out? That sucks. Okay, number 22 is important. This is why I tell you to limit the number of trades. Losing begets losing. It is an energy. The reason why most people lose so much is because of overtrading, lack of following a plan, and most people know how to trade, but when the screen comes on, when it's time to actually trade, things do not work as well as they should. Number 23, under trade, under trade, under trade, or your account will catch a fade. If you have a close relationship with your broker, go ask them, are there any and real estate, uh, uh, retail investors that are investing in the market that make a lot of trades and they're profitable. Regardless of what platform you go through, they're gonna say no, unless they have an algorithm or software. If you take a bunch of trades and once you surpass 220 trades in a year, you're gonna get dominated and destroyed. Number 24 is important. So we all know Ray Dalio has his all weather strategy, but do you know you can use that same all weather strategy for trading futures? So go look at the allocation of what he has. So let's say you have 100 trades. That same allocation that he has for gold, the bond market and equities is literally the number of trades you should take. And you can use that same strategy for intraday trading on the future side as well. 25, 48% of people have not planned for retirement. And if you have not done so, please do so today. For my business owners, invest five grand or 10 grand a month. I know some of you in the comments are going to be like, hey, I don't have it. For those of you that do, I'm going to be very honest. Would you have, rather have Tim Cook working on your team or Elon working on your team or the employees and current team members that you have? When you tie your money to bigger corporations than you, you're going to have safety even if most of your clients and customers leave. Number 27, set a percentage of money that you're going to invest for a year. If you're investing 46 to 51% of your income, shout out to all my fire people, you are gonna have a great chance to be able to retire in less than seven years. 26, I'm assuming 28, you need to be able to hit your goal in 20 or 52 trades for the year. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. If you cannot get to your income goal with 20 or 52 trades, you need to recalibrate the asset that you're trading and how much it pays you. My overtraders, I used to be one of you. Hi, my name is Ian, I'm a former overtrader. I know all the tricks and the schemes to act like you're not. The truth is you overtrade because you are afraid of the responsibility of winning. And you'd rather be broke than to be responsible for winning consistently. Because once you start to win, you then have to be accountable. If you're an overtrader, put OT in the comments. You deserve it and you are worthy of making money. Overtrading is a cancer to your portfolio and you're going to have a loss that is so fucking devastating that it's going to break your soul. Even on the institutional side, most traders only stick around for four to six years, over leveraging, straying away from their plan. You are worthy of winning. And I'll wrap these up. Number 30, do not bet the house on any particular trade unless you know you have a 100% chance of winning. If you ask, 
how do I know that I'm going to win this trade? You don't have an edge that will tell you. There are some trades without the shadow of a doubt. You know, as soon as you put it on, you're going to win. If it's not that, do never invest all of your money on one trade. 31, always use protective stops on each trade. One indicator on your screen, and that's it. You don't need two moving averages, an EMA, VWAP, RSI. If you cannot take your trades or place your trades with that one indicator that you have in your screen, you don't need them. So if you can trade off RSI alone, entry day, keep it. If not, kill it. Okay? 32. Excuse me, 33. Until you work out your inner demons, success will be hard for you to obtain. And a lot of self-sabotage happens. You have to eliminate that. That's why I have you guys doing the meditation, the reading, the affirmations, because the truth is everyone here knows how to trade. But when the lights are on, can you do it when you're supposed to? And a couple of bonus tips. The ones who are quiet do the best. The people who talk about trading all day, all night are the ones who don't deliver. Here's the fundamentals that matter. Stop buying at the top of the market. When Tesla got to 875, everything fell apart. And you were like, why? The market hit a top of 900. Some of this is common sense. If a house is worth 250, don't buy it at 245. It's not worth it. I don't care if it has 10 grand in it, it's not worth it to do. The market is only down 24 out of 195 years and crashes last less than six months. It's quantitative easing even less in March showed that. Stock club members, my advice to you, stop looking for 98 positions to be in. For those of you who got into 5.9 last March, you're up 360% off of, off of stock that most people never even heard of or know. There is a lot of value for holding long-term. Kudos to you if you got in on those. Alpha, my dream team family, my advice to you, we have a tremendous opportunity here to be able to pre present and print the kind of returns that only maybe Kathy and Peter Lynch were able to do, but we can do that inside of a quarter. Stick to the plan and do not deviate no matter what you hear. You can create riches in 24 to 50 trades in a year. You can go there. For my business owners, we want to start giving a couple of tips. The most important aspect of a brand is a single-mindedness to a relentless focus on being the best in the world at one thing. If you have a business, your edge is going to be, what are you the best in the world at? If you have a company that you run, whether it's large or small, please put in chat what that is and then tell me, what does your company do so well that no one else can duplicate it? If you don't have that edge, you need to start building one. And we'll get close to wrapping up. Four of the 28 pillars that you need for your own personal economic moat. In about eight weeks, I'm going to break down the entire economic moat that you need personally. You need a business, you need stocks, you need real estate, you need life insurance. Those are the four that you want to start with. And the freedom matrix that I was trying to get Caesar to reveal, but he wouldn't cut you off. Um, ideally, we want to get to a place where we have ultimate freedom of 10,000 shares and 1,000 rules. The five biggest mistakes from made from this year for me. One, not swimming trading enough. Two, you guys know this already, but not getting enough rest because that does affect your trading. Two, three, deviating from plan. Number four, taking in outside noise. I literally looked at my uh, percentage rate. I perform 20% higher when I take in less media. So when, I, I, when I'm only looking at news one hour a day, I perform a hell of a lot better. And number five, 
not including the VIX feature into my uh, trading plan. Those are my five biggest mistakes. Because regardless of what the market does, if we slide up or down, if you add the VIX in and swing trade it, you'll be great. My question of the week for you is, are you here to get rich or are you here to sound smart? I hear a lot of people talking, a lot of people talking, and that's fine. I want us to be intellectually capable to be able to have these conversations anywhere. But ultimately, does it mean anything if in four years you're not making any money? It does not. It does not. It's going to be all for nothing. And I want to have Kevin come on here and share because, you know, I'm not the hugest fan of crypto, although I do still have some Bitcoin. Um, my sister's been in love with Bitcoin, crypto, and Cardano for a minute. So I want her and Rashad to be able to dialogue about their love for all things crypto. Um, but I want to welcome my sister from Red Panda, one of the original members, um, Kayla. All right. Thank you. Appreciate that, brother. Yes. Um, great presentation as always. So yes, let's, let's, this is a, this is a secret surprise. Um, we're going to talk, we're going to have some crypto talk. I don't want to come on and talk about it. And everybody's like, man, you're capping. You hated crypto five months ago. So I was like, let my sister come in. All right. Kayla, you're, oh, you're hey, y'all. What's going on? How you doing? Hey, what's up? I'm doing pretty good. How y'all doing? We are great. Yeah, How are you? Good. Where, where are you from? I'm pretty good, actually. I'm from New Orleans, born and raised, but now I'm out in Cali right now, Silicon Valley. Okay. Good yeah, place I, to be. Yeah, it looked like it's yeah. still sunny out there. So I was wondering <laughs> where. Oh, that's nice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, yes, we are honored to have you on with us. Thank you for joining us. Appreciate Grateful it. Grateful to be here. Yes. Yes. So let's 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 yeah. dive into it. I believe. Um, so you're an enthusiast of Cardano? Yes, I am. Actually, I've been um, I've actually been invested since 2017. And like initially I was like, oh, I'm in it for the money. But then when I actually looked more into the project, I I appreciate it. And I've kind of always appreciated. So I went through the whole thing, through the whole bear market. Even my husband and I even were investing while it was down as well. So definitely grateful that it's gone on such a nice run right now. And I think mainly like, I don't know, one of the main things I like about seeing this company is more, it's more along the lines of I'm watching it grow, right? Like it's birthing, it's going through its growing pains. People are slinging its name through the mud and it's laid on its projects, but now like things are rolling out, including the Mary Hart fork that just happened today. So yeah, there's, I don't know, there's a lot to say. So if you guys have any questions, I'm definitely yeah. open to answer everything you you have. So for, for the average beginner who has no idea what Cardano is, um, because we were invested in it too. I, I still am, I still am. Yeah, we're still invested in it since, since 2017. So it's funny that you said you were. What is the functionality of it? Because that's one of the things we spoke about on Wednesday in our crypto class is like every coin has a functionality. So what does mm -hmm. the white paper say about Cardano? What's its functionality? Okay, so as of right now, the goal that Charles has um, is it pretty much takes on the world, right? It's going to be its own ecosystem. I'm not sure if you're aware of the things that he has going on in Africa, but he did sign an agreement with Ethiopia. Um, actually, I have it written down. Where is that? 
So yeah, he signed an MOU, which is just a memorandum of understanding with the Ethiopian Ministry of Science and Technology. So, and that's gonna be on an agricultural front. And he's, they've already been doing that with, um, with beef here in America, as well as New Balance, um, the, the shoe company. And it's really a lot of on-chain things. So, you know, you're getting unique and genuine products, you know exactly where it comes from because it's on the blockchain. And as of today, there's going to be native tokens. So it's literally its own ecosystem. And they're also going to have an ERC-20 converter. So if there's any projects that are on Ethereum or anything like that, and they want to move over to Cardano, they will be able to do so. So now it's getting to the point where um, you can actually have your own token on the blockchain. Oh, so originally it was, it was built on Ethereum, but now they're having their own platforms? You no, saying? it wasn't built on Ethereum. Okay. It's its okay. own its own thing. Yes. Okay. Gotcha. So it's interesting. ADA Cardano. Um, ADA, I, I, yes. I, invested, I invested in uh, 2017, mm -hmm. 20, maybe 2016, 17, 17. 2017. Yeah. I have 4,800 coins of Cardano. So um, I'm enthusiastic about it. And it's good because it wasn't really doing too much for a long period of time. Sleeping. My baby. coins are actually, I actually spoke about this on the podcast. My coins are actually stuck on Binance, that's a different story. I gotta, I gotta get them out. But um, so for anybody that may not be familiar with what we're talking about right now, you see, you hear us talk about cryptocurrency a lot and you, you hear us talking about obviously Bitcoin and Ethereum, um, but there's other cryptos Alter. out there. Yeah, it's called altcoins. So the altcoins, so Bitcoin is like the big dog. Granddaddy I think it's 60% dominant in the uh, space, right? Mm -hmm. So that means that the whole market, Bitcoin takes up 60%, but there's thousands of other coins that make up that that forty percent. So you have Ethereum, you have Cardano, you have um, Tether, Tether, which is the stable coin. You have Bitcoin Cash, you have XRP, you have Litecoin, a bunch of different things, and they all have different um, functionalities. And at the time in two thousand and seventeen, um, Cardano was getting a lot of publicity, and it was it was supposed to be like the next one. It was like Cardano to the moon, <laughs> and it's, it never really reached its full potential. But um, yeah. but you still you still are holding out hope that it can still be the leader, one of the leaders in in the space, huh? Oh, it's definitely going to be one of the leaders. And like I said, I've I've been watching their journey a lot. So I've I've seen a lot of the hardships and things that they're going through as a company. And one of their hugest accomplishments that I um, I took part of initially. And their test net was their Daedalus wallet for staking. So if you're not staking your your um your ADA, I think you should. You get about you get an average of 5.5% a year on those, and the return is always on ADA. So you'll get that. And obviously the, the price of ADA is growing. So even if you end up with I don't know, a few tokens here and there, because it is, you get rewarded every five days. Your tokens are not locked. You are free to do whatever you want with your tokens. Like you can decide to stake and unstake the very same day. And like, there's no penalty or anything like that. It's, it's really, really easy. And once you have that going, you just, you pick out a stake pool. I would suggest going for something that's unsaturated, meaning they're not at their full level and they're looking for more delegators. Um, mainly because if you go with a smaller pool, there's a, a better chance you'll get better rewards because if something's already saturated, then the rewards are going to be split um, between all of the people that are in there. Can you tell so us really what, what staking is? 
So staking is what you do instead of mining. Bitcoin has mining on their, um, well, that's how you get Bitcoin. You get it from mining. And with the Ouroboros protocol, which is actually, um, it is from Cardano. They are the creators. And from my understanding, Polkadot is also using the Ouroboros protocol. It is open source. So they are definitely free to do that. Charles has it out there for everyone to do. And Charles Hoskinson is the, um, the creator. And he was also the co-founder of Ethereum as well. So you will put your wallet in, or you will put your ADA into the wallet and you will stake it. And staking just means that they're gonna be holding your tokens. And since they're holding your tokens, you're going, they're gonna be using those tokens to get more tokens. And from those, they're gonna pay you for holding those tokens. It's kind of like when you go to a bank and you put your money in the bank and they're like, oh, you know, we'll give you, if you keep your money in the bank, we'll give you 2% a year or something similar as that. Only they're giving you 5.5% a year. Yeah. Quick, quick question. So um, a lot of the, the adoption piece for the cryptocurrency space comes when large corporations step in. Yes. So we saw Square do that with Bitcoin. We even heard Stellar when we saw IBM get involved. Is there anybody that you know of now that is getting involved with Cardano or has been involved? Well, there are several countries in Africa. And I mentioned the Ethiopian ministry in their agricultural segment. And uh, there are a few more. I kind of wish I had more of Africa. However, they are teaching students how to program using their, their computing language Haskell and is built into Plutus. So they're, they're actually creating and they have been creating over these past years, students and educators that are familiar with their programming languages. So when everything is actually signed and agreed with the government, which he's actually stating um, is moving along quite nicely. And he's expecting some more information this month. He said March. So we should be expecting some more movement with Africa soon enough. And I'm excited about it. So um, the fact that we have our, the, the devs are now able to start writing code. And now we're having more people that are able, that are knowing this particular language to actually write on Cordano. It's pretty exciting. And that's just one school of the several out there. So as much to as much to look forward to. I'm not exactly sure what they have in store, but now they have the ability to create whatever they want to create. And I'm pretty excited. And they with Marlowe is another program that they have. You can actually drag and drop your script, which is very simple. Like there's several different computing languages. I wish like everyone just explored it. I don't know. <laughs> it's really Why exciting. Well, I think Bitcoin is nice. It has high fees. It's slow. The scaling, it can get expensive. I don't think it's horrible. I think it's still really good to hold. But do I think it's the absolute future? Um, I don't know. I, I don't know. Why I choose ADA over Bitcoin is all of those reasons that they're actually able to accomplish this. And there's no one in Bitcoin. There's no one over in Bitcoin and saying, hey, let's go to this country and let's develop and help this country and let, let them learn tech in this different language. And let's, let's give them the ability to create whatever they wanna create. Let's give them this opportunity. No one in Bitcoin does that. Bitcoin is just there. It's just there. Yeah. 
So interesting. Like I said, I hope I'm hoping for the best. I personally have over four thousand coins, so um, to the moon. If I can ever get my actual coins out, <laughs> and if it does go that to the sucks. moon, that sucks. You lost the password. <laughs> yeah, I got like five thousand dollars just sitting there. No, it's not the password. It's um, Binance stopped. Um, they for American citizens, they stopped yeah. really, like, letting people like do anything. So I can't. I can't. It's there. It's not like frozen or anything, but I can't actually transfer the money out. I can't trade. I can't sell it. I can't do anything. It's just like there. So Are you I sure? Find... I recently transferred some out of Binance because I was in a similar situation and I was flagged saying that I can't use it again because I'm a U.S. citizen. But right before I got that warning, I was able to move things around. They didn't stop or anything like that. I wonder, I wonder if you can send them an email. I'm sure you have. I got I got it. Oh, yeah. A VPN. Yeah. I don't know if I should have said that. Yeah. <laughs> oh no, we went over no, that. No, we, went we, over we, we okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we, yeah, we we went over the view. I just gotta have enough time, but <laughs> it's all good. I'm not I'm not too concerned about it. But um, what nice problems to have? <laughs> 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 it's just money. No, yeah. I, I I appreciate it. Um, anything else that you want to say before you before you head out? Um, any other cryptos that you like, or you just uh. Um, I have other ones. They're not all performing as well, unfortunately. Um, I did, I hold some ZRX. They came in, they came in decently. I was expecting to mm -hmm. get at least like a four or $5 push out of it. And it's just kind of hanging out at $1.20. And um, I have Tron. I'm, I'm really hoping that it can get up to like, I don't know, 40, 50 cents. I mean, at least break your all time high. Like I'm really like, you can do it. <laughs> uh, I'm glad you said that. We had, we had, we had Tron, we had Tron at it when it hit his all time high. I was telling everybody I could about it. I was watching was, this guy on Periscope. I was reading his tweets. I'm like, we got to get this thing. We had it at, I think it was a fourth of a penny. It didn't even reach one cent and then one night it ran up to 28 cent and my phone was blowing up. Everybody was like, oh, what yes. thousand is? We made it. <laughs> and those days haven't come It back, was exciting. But... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Justin, so I, knew, I knew Tron was in trouble when I saw Justin's son um, blow his, his nose with, he did something that was extremely weird. Um, he, he blew his nose with like a something, right? Like a McDonald's bag or something like that on an interview. And I said, Troy, we're in trouble with this. And then ever since it then- It's not a good look. Character of the founder. That's, but but that's, 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 a, that's a key point. If anybody doesn't know, blues, Justin, <laughs> Justin's son is the guy that started, that founded Tron. He's like one of these like billionaire young young kids out of China. Yeah. And he, I think he paid like Warren Buffett. Of, yes, well, Warren Buffett. Uh, 4.7 million he, he to paid, sit, have lunch with he him. He paid Warren Buffett 4 million to have lunch with him. He's like crazy. But um, when I, long story short, Research the founder and a lot, a lot, this is the same with the stock market. Um, Troy was real enthusiastic about Tron and yeah. I just started having reservations when I started to research this guy. And he seemed like, he gave me con artist vibes. I don't know, I don't wanna call him a scam artist, but he just gave me that type of energy. And um, it's been downhill ever since. So I still have Tron too. I can't, that's another coin I can't get off of Binance. So hopefully, hopefully one of these days of these cryptos or all my crypto, you have so many cryptos that yeah. uh, I have more cryptos than I have um, stock. It was a top 20, it's still a top 25 coin. Um, and it actually moved off Ethereum and its own network. So yeah. the reason I was so enthusiastic about it was because it had the gaming space. 
And so one of the things that it allows you to do is get tokens as a reward. Same, the same thing we kind of saw in the space now where kids are on Roblox and they have to pay to, to get better at the game. He was using his token to get better in the gaming settings. And so once I realized that was happening, I'm like, gaming is the way they have their own platform. We got to go with Tron. Yeah, it was, it and was for like three weeks. Was, I was a genius. Yeah. It was a good, yeah. it was a good idea. It was a good idea. It's still a good idea in theory. Cause it's like, you know, these coins have all usages. So the gaming, we talk about like hero, it's all related. That's why you got to learn like, in, in, in that, like, so market Mondays is not a one trick pony. We talk about so many different stuff, but it's all investing and cryptocurrency. I mean, you blind if you can't see what's going on with crypto right now and you would be a fool if you didn't at the very least educate yourself on the space. That's why we did the um, open enrollment last week on crypto. That's why we're talking about this for a little bit today um, because it's not going anywhere and it's only gonna get bigger. So when you see people investing in Bitcoin and Ethereum, it's not the only two. You would be, you, you, you would be an idiot if you think that just two coins are gonna be the only coins that's ever gonna survive a hundred years from yeah. now. So the idea with Tron is that, you know, originally um, they were gonna be the token for video games. And that's what really made a lot of sense to me because it's like the video game industry is so huge. So we talk about like Hero, which is a video game ETF. So I'm like, all right, if millions of people are playing video games and they have a token that's dedicated towards the video game industry, then that, that makes sense. That's something that I understand and I can see how this makes sense. If it's like one common currency for video gamers all across the world, whether you're in South Africa, whether you're in Japan or whether you're in America and you just have one common um, currency that you can use, for video gaming, I mean, that makes a lot of sense. And these, this, this is why crypto still makes a lot of sense to me as far as the, the different usage. And it's like, even like casino, imagine if you're in a casino, you know, when you like most of the big whales in the casino come from Japan, they come from overseas, from Asia. So they go to Vegas, they gotta, you know, change their money over and stuff like that. But what if there was a currency just for casinos? So mm -hmm. now when you coming from Japan, you don't have to change your money over. You can just use the, you know, whatever coin, the gambling coin, whatever, yeah. like, you know what I'm saying? So that just makes a lot of sense. So yeah. it's, it's one of the things we said, yeah. it, it, if we compare it to the, the dot com era, we just have to figure out who the Google, who the Yahoo, who the, uh, I mean, any of these big sites, who's the next Amazon in this space, right? We don't want to have the excite.com. And that's what we could have if we get the wrong altcoin. So again, read the white papers, right? You know, I'm a firm believer of doing the research. So that's part of it, do the research. Like you said, when we invested, I, I started reading everything I could about this guy. If he was doing a lot of Periscope, if he's on Telegram, I was watching. But I wanted to know who this person was. And yeah, I think when he, he blew, I think he blew his nose into his hand yeah. and wiped it. And you were like, that's it, I'm done with this dude. It gave me- yeah, it What gave price me. to get in Cardano? Ooh. Come on. This is gonna be a hard one. Okay, so I have like this theory behind it, right? So when I was investing, I just noticed like these situations where it was just extremely different. I eventually read about it later, but at one point when I was like hoping more people would get into it, I noticed like these weird price fluctuations around like 33 cents. And then it, it felt like in two, three days we were like 88 or 90 cents. And I come to find out someone actually um, over a matter of days, they invested about a half a billion dollars into ADA. And it's kind of like, man, I just hope everyone get in before a dollar. And then there was that drop to like that 88 cent mark. Again, it was, it's kind of like it went there and like it just rejected immediately, like as soon as it touched 88. So I almost feel like if you made it under that 30 cent area, you kind of cemented into like this bottom, um, a bottom part of it. However, there is a fund picking up ADA 
right now. And they are, they're actually selling their Bitcoin for ADA and Polkadot. And they're going to be buying ADA and Polkadot up until mid-March. So whatever this price is right now, they're probably keeping it right around a dollar. So I kind of don't think it's going to go under a dollar anytime soon. So you so use this room with me every day. Are you using crypto like your long-term <laughs> hedge or, or like replacement for stocks? Because the returns are high okay. in futures, but your passion for crypto is there. So tell me the strategy behind that. So I kind of do both. I do my, um, my long-term investing in stocks and I do have my long-term investing in crypto. Mm -hmm. One of them is ADA. And then I have coins where I say that like once they get to like the coins that I'm just going to sell, right? Like I have, I have my long-term investment and then I have something where once they reached a, reach a certain area, I'm just going to relinquish whatever I'm holding. And with ADA, I'm just kind of right now is going into discovery mode and I'm not even sure if I should put a cap on it. Like a part of me is saying, I really don't think it's going to go past $5 on like this next high run. Maybe it'll go to like maybe four and a half dollars, maybe come back and retrace to a dollar 20, possibly before another push up. And the next push up, maybe around 10 to 15. But these are guesstimations. This is what um, my assumptions are. <laughs> that's going to happen at some point. I feel it's like it's just not. I like yeah, the way that sounds. <laughs> nah, nah, we, 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 we got great, some millionaires in great, Greatly appreciated. Thank you. Thank you for coming on. Um, thank you. I'm sure we'll, we'll see more of you in the future, but I'm glad Definitely we had a pleasure. To take a break from stocks for a minute and talk about crypto because that's something that we all have been passionate about for a long time. So and you know what else we're nice. passionate about? Women investors. So yeah, thank yeah, you, Kayla. Sure. Yes, yes, and yes. out of women's uh, history. I like, I like women investors. Yeah, so thank, thank you. Thank you for joining us. We appreciate it. Thank right. you. Yeah, have lovely. a good night. Thank you. All right. Bye. Yes, crypto, 88 to the moon. Now I just got to get my coins. That's the, next, That's step. the <laughs> next step. That's the next step. All right. Um, let's let's get into it. Let's get into it. Let's um talk. Are we gonna do earnings? Uh I can do earnings, yeah. but while while we were talking about the crypto space, I know we spoke on Wednesday and I was talking about uh, we were talking about how to get in, invested and we we spoke about some some plays. We talked about the GBTC, but we also spoke about the ETF block. On the stock market. On the stock market. So headed back to the stock market. We got to go back because it, it, it's, it all ties in. And so a lot of people were DMing me about the, the block situation. If you if you got it on, on the 26th, which was Thursday, it got down to $48. And if you saw it today, we, we had a, a huge jump, almost like 7 to 8% in the blockchain. And we, the, the interesting thing is that Bitcoin had went down over the weekend. It retraced to like 42,000. And then we saw it today, it got back up to 48. And so that blockchain, that technology that's moving inside of the crypto space, you can still invest in it in the stock market. So BLOK. So, so you mentioned, if anybody didn't, didn't watch, we had a um, cryptocurrency class on YouTube last Wednesday. You yeah. mentioned block, which is a uh, crypto, well, blockchain, blockchain ETF, blockchain ETF mm -hmm. on, the, on the stock market. You can buy it on a brokerage account. At that day, what, what 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 was it on that day? Uh, so we did that on the twenty fifth. It was at fifty two. It closed at fifty one. The next day, it dropped down to forty eight. So it was a perfect time to so, buy. So it went it went from forty eight to tomorrow morning. It's going to open up at fifty seven twenty seven. And so so that's 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 a ten dollar jump um in that time frame. Quick. So yeah, blockchain technology is something that's here to stay. And like I said, it's something that's been around for a long period of time. So. You really can't even talk. It's going to be very soon where you can't talk about crypto and stocks separate. They're going to be related. They already are related. When you see, um, you know, block 
mm-hmm. on the stock exchange heating up as, a, as an ETF. When yeah. you hear GBTC, another thing that we talked about um, last Wednesday, uh, which mirrors Bitcoin. Yeah, and that's inside, um, of, it's inside of that ETF. Yeah, it's, 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 it's in the block ETF as well. So yeah, yeah, these ETFs that we talk about, you know, it's gonna become more and more synonymous with um, crypto in the space of blockchain technology. So something yeah. to think about for sure. You know what, I didn't do earnings last week. So can I start with the earnings? Yeah, let's do earnings. Let's do earnings because, hey, Ian, you're gonna be happy to hear about this, man. Friday, this little company, this little gambling company that I used to speak about. <laughs> can, I, can I talk my, can I talk my real quick? That little gambling company that I used to speak about and I learned a valuable lesson from in August. I, I had put a call on it uh, for $40, I'll never forget it. it was a $40 call and I lost all my money. What lost, gambling company are you referring to? Uh, DraftKings, we're gonna get there. We're just mm-hmm. building up the anticipation. Um, so. Uh, I lost all my money in it, but I learned very quickly that I had been doing my research in the wrong manner, right? I was looking at the quarters. I was reading the quarters wrong. I anticipated sports coming back a little bit quicker. And so I didn't quit on the position. I still believed in the company. So I made a longer call for it. I think I did a $55 call for like January 23. Um, And they had their earnings on Friday. So let me give you some of the numbers. In the fourth quarter, they doubled their revenue. It raised an estimate of, uh, from. they raised their estimate from 900 million to 1 billion. It originally estimate for 2021 was 750 million. And so we can see that the growth is there as we see sports coming back. And there's so many different ways to bet inside of the space. So it's interesting. States like New Jersey have become the, the prime ground zero for sports betting. And so when you see something like that, I'm telling you as being a New Yorker, when we see somebody from New Jersey do something, we know that we're bigger. We know that we are a better state, <laughs> you know? It's just a matter of time. I really feel in, in the very near future that, uh, sports betting is going to be a legal uh, situation in New York. And so I think DraftKings is going to do crazy. And so the stock went up, uh, I think it got up to $68 today, which was really, for me, it was great. And if anybody else was in the position, I'm sure you saw it too. So obviously, you know, I love DraftKings. I know Shadi kills me about DraftKings, no, but no, I, no, I know I, I, you I have killed me. No. You know you have killed me. No, before. it was that, it was, you know, it's in that moment. No, the thing, <laughs> the thing with the DraftKings, cause you thought sports was coming back in the summer. And I'm like, there's no way that sports it's is going to come back. back but, yeah. but um, no, DraftKings is good long-term. It's Everybody killing. keeps talking about the legalization of marijuana, but you gotta start thinking about the legalization of gambling. Online gambling is like a lot of states is still illegal. Um, and what happens when- <laughs> They said Shadi did kill you. <laughs> what, happens, what, what happens when online gambling, beca- or even gambling period, yeah. becomes legal in every, every state in America? Like, it's not, I mean, you, you really never think about it like that, right? There, there's a reason why all these casinos are in like, just Nevada mm-hmm. or like where we live, it's like, you know, Catskills. Connecticut, where well, they put it, they put it on the um, Indian reservations because they're outside of the jurisdiction of mm-hmm. America. Then mm-hmm. they try to change it. That's a different story. Maybe we could talk about that one day on Market Mohegan Money. Sun. That's, a, that's an interesting story. Mm-hmm. But um, like even in New York, there's no real gambling. They have um, just slot machines. Mm-hmm. Like, so a lot of people don't fully realize that for 90% of America, you can't gamble. Like you really can't gamble like in, in these casinos and stuff like that. That's why it's only a couple of them. That's why Vegas makes so much money. So what happens if even 20% of America opens up? What happens if, you know, half the states open up to online gambling? More like think more. about how much money that's coming in and the pressure's on there. When you see DraftKings do partnerships with sports um, mm-hmm. franchises and, and sports league, mm-hmm. um, I mean, there's something to pay attention to. So like yeah. I said, that's not something that's really talked about enough because we talk about the legalization of marijuana and, and that's not the prohibition it. of that. But you gotta start thinking about gambling as well if you're interested in that space. And I think DraftKings is definitely yeah. a company that's gonna lead the way. Yo, thank you for everybody who remembers that moment. But two things that you said that are very important. 
the, the number one thing is like outside of Las Vegas, New Jersey, the state of New Jersey has, is the number one place to gamble. And that just got legalized within the past three or four years. So like that lets you know that there's money in the space. The second thing is it's prime because most states, especially in New York, we are in a budget deficit. And there's only a few ways that we can raise capital, right? Either we're gonna raise taxes, or we're gonna have to find new ways to make income. And so if you know that your neighbor across the George Washington Bridge has raised over a billion dollars by legalizing a, a, a gambling, then it almost feels like this is paving the way, right? We have to raise money somehow. We're in a deficit. We can push the button on this. I'm ready. Ian, get the strap. You look like you about to kill somebody. <laughs> you look like ghost. They they took his Yo. bag, man. Get the strap. Yo, Ian, put your, if you gotta put your skull, y'all. Let me know. Any technical issues? I hate. I have your face right now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You, you don't look too happy, bro. Don't worry, I'm smiling for you, bro. We're gonna get through it, man. It, it's not nothing can ever stop Market Monday. The beautiful thing yeah. about Market Mondays, I was talking to Troy the other day. We was in Miami, and he was like, "Yo, people don't like. I don't think people fully appreciate Market Mondays, like." It's crazy to have two two top podcasts, Earn Your Leisure and Market Mondays, and they're completely different. Earn Your Leisure is taped. Um, we have guests that come on, you know, if things go wrong. Not to say that it's easy, because there's a lot of issues with that. Yeah. But Market Mondays is a live show. It's live. Like, yeah, it, I don't think people- It gets fully, discounted. No, I don't think people fully appreciate. It's not easy. To, like, anything can happen. Your Wi-Fi can go out, the audio, a guest doesn't come. Like, I can kill the Zoom. Yeah, it's like it's like it's like Saturday night. It's like Saturday night live. Nah, that's real talk. No so script it's like though. Even even from the audience, like you know, y'all gotta have y'all gotta have an appreciation. Like we do this every single week, but it's live, meaning we can't take a day off. We can't go on vacation. We can't like if we on a vacation, we gotta make sure that, that the vacation spot has Wi Fi. Yeah, like, this is a this is this is a real commitment every single week at eight o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Like this is something that for two hours we do. We've been doing for the last forty seven weeks. Like. You know, even in the comments, like, that's why I'm like, you know, you just gotta be careful. Like, you know what I mean? Like sometimes I know it's all fun. Like we might just leave like a negative comment, but nah, it's not cool to do that because it's like, this is a lot of pressure and stress. Mm -hmm. And it's like, you interrupting your life. Or early flights yeah, to get nah, back you home. Gotta, you gotta rearrange your whole day for this <laughs> for this show. And it's, it's free information at the end of the day. Yeah, The whole show is free information for two hours every single week. It's actually so we cover everything. Yeah. So, you know, it's just, it's just something to, to think about when you're in business, there's never anything that's perfect in business, but that's, that's business, that's yeah. business. Oh, really? Can I just yeah, run through this week's earnings? Ian, real quick, I'm gonna let you go. I'm just, I'm gonna run through this week's earnings. So obviously if you were watching Zoom, I reported and everybody thought Zoom was dead. Their quarter was ridiculous. They blew out their numbers. Target will be reporting tomorrow. And uh, Thursday, we got Costco's Kroger and Broadcom, part of that SMH uh, ETF. All right, go ahead, Ian, I got, you, you can go. Our steam guest is here, Ian. Go ahead. Yes, let's let's bring her on. Let's call her. Yes, people like, where is she? <laughs> Yo, We're not capping. Come on now. No, you gotta stop. You gotta stop at some Don't point. Do that. No, you have to stop at some point. Hey. Hi, how are you? Hey, Queen, how are you? Good. How's going on? <laughs> is that the Hall of Famer, Angela Yee? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. How are you doing? Yes. I'm good. How are you? We're great. We're good, great. good, good. It's, it's pleasure. I feel like um, we've completed the Holy Trinity. We've had envy on, on several times. Charlemagne hasn't been on yet, but that's that's the bro. So I'm just counting him as like an alumni. And then um, you're the last leg. You're the only person that we haven't had an interaction with on uh, camera. So, that's true. That's true. So we've been on the Breakfast Club, but she wasn't. We came. We came to your house, and you weren't there that day. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So thank, you gotta come back. Thank you for joining us. I, we appreciate it. 
No, thank you for having me. I love what you guys do. So I'm happy to be here. Okay. Okay. So yeah, radio hall of famer, but um, a lot of people might not know that, you know, Angela's a, a businesswoman first and foremost, mm -hmm. she's an investor. She's an entrepreneur. So um, yeah, we just wanted to take a couple minutes. It's women's, it's women's month. Yeah. So um, we want to highlight women in a variety of different factors. So the first question I have for you is Envy said this a few times when he spoke to us that you were like early on as far as like getting him into real estate. I think I might've invested together. And he, he talked about a property that you had in Brooklyn where it's a multifamily, you lived on one level, you rented out and then you took the equity and then you bought another. So can you talk about that? Cause he, he talked about that a few times, but I would love to hear from your, from your perspective. So this is my house that I'm in now. It's a two family brownstone. And so the first it's the first property I ever bought and I bought it uh, seven years ago. And when I bought it, it was, I walked in, I couldn't even walk in the house. There was no floors, no wall, like nothing. But my realtor was like, you have to have vision. And you know, Brooklyn, this is in Bed-Stuy. It's a crazy real estate market here. So I had several different realtors. One of them told me I couldn't find anything for under a million dollars, like in this part of Bed-Stuy. But my realtor managed to get me this before it was on the market. And then included in that price was the whole renovation. So I was able to go through the whole renovation process. I just had to stay within a certain budget. And it did really help me in my first property learn a lot about even just remodeling and gut renovating a home. So from the wainscoting to the flooring, to the countertops, to the cabinets, I was involved in the process of purchasing every, I would go with the, I would go with the contractor to actually go and purchase and pick out what I wanted. And it was good because when I went into contract, I only had to put down at that time, 10%. I didn't know about mortgage insurance or any of that at that time. This was my first house. And so I thought like, I had one realtor telling me, oh, you could put down as little as 5%, but he didn't tell me about mortgage insurance. So the realtor that I use now, she got me pre-approved. That was something that I hadn't done uh, prior to that. And then she told me I had to put down 25% if I didn't want to pay mortgage insurance. So those are all things I didn't know because I felt like it was a waste to be paying insurance on the mortgage that doesn't go toward anything. And so I was determined to save that up. So fortunately, going into contract, I put down 10% and then I didn't have to put the other 15% until I closed. And so that just gave me a few months to really scramble and get that money together. So after the, the Brooklyn property, I know you, you went to Detroit because I remember Envy telling us that too. He's like, Angela led us to Detroit. What was it about Detroit that said that, you know, you got the inkling like this is a place I need to invest? Well, one of the first uh, companies I worked for was working with Eminem. And so I've seen the changes that Detroit has gone through from when I used to work with him until, you know, like a few years ago. And obviously Detroit has had its issues, you know, filing for bankruptcy, that's never happened before. But I remember I was in Vegas at the iHeart Music Festival and I was watching CNN, it was on in the background. It was like a fancy hotel room. So they had a TV in the bathroom and stuff. And so <laughs> I saw nice they one. were on there talking about Detroit and how you should invest in the Detroit real estate market. And I'm more comfortable doing things in places that I'm familiar with. And so I had been at like the grand opening of the Motor City Casino. I had seen the investments that were happening. I knew about Dan Gilbert investing in the city. And so to me, it felt like a great opportunity to get in. And then I learned about the Detroit Land Bank where they auction off houses. It used to start at $500 at the auction, but then it went up to a thousand. So you can bid on houses through the auction, but there's just a lot of regulations with that. Like you have to hold on to the house for a certain period of time, you have a certain amount of time to renovate the home, you have to send in pictures and check in. So 
it was a lot of things that had to be done in order for you to do that. But I did get a property for a thousand dollars through the land bank, and I did end up selling it for one hundred and sixty thousand. And oh, then wait, 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 wait. we can't I breeze past that. That's amazing. Uh, you gonna breeze past that? Well, yeah, <laughs> past that. When, when, what year was that? Um, that was about I'm gonna say maybe three years ago. So can you walk us through that that process? So you go to the land bank and you know what houses are about to go up for auction. I think they do two a day. And so I was able to go and like see what houses were. You have to like break in and go look because they're, you know, empty houses. And for the city, it costs less for them to actually do that auction through the land bank than to demo a house. So they would rather you buy it and fix it up. And it is better for the neighborhood. And so... I was able to, you just have to hope that no, some, some of those bids go up to like $200,000, $300,000. But this particular one, for some reason, I don't know if it was the time, nobody bid on it. And so I was able to just at the last second, just get it. And then of course, there's a process of rehabbing the house. And um, you know that probably costs about 60,000. But at the end of it all, it was a good process because I have two other houses in Detroit also, one of them, I bought from a broker for 25,000 in the Boston Edison area. And then the other one I bought for 45,000. And so I'm keeping the one that I bought for 25,000 and I renovated that house It's pretty much done. And then the one for 45,000, I'm almost done renovating and I'll be selling that this spring. How long were you holding each of those properties? And how long do you think if there's another opportunity, will you hold the ones in the future? Um, so, I actually had it for a while. Here was the problem. I'm going to tell you the truth. Like the one that I bought for a thousand dollars is hard to find good contractors. And I'm yeah. sure anybody <laughs> watching can relate to how difficult that is. And I'm dealing with that now because I have a property, you know, that I'm working on in Brooklyn and they've been amazing, but it's been really expensive and you really do get what you pay for. And sometimes you also put down some money and then they just take it and run and then you can't find them. So <laughs> it's hard to find good contractors. So I feel like the house that we sold for 160, I could have sold that for way more if I would have had better people working on it from the beginning because you might try to cut corners with contractors but then you end up going back and paying double because you have to double back and get things done properly so if your plumbing's not done right your electrical's not That's done true, right yeah. and they do cheap work and they do a terrible job painting and flooring it's really important for you to make sure those things are done right because it doesn't make sense to have to go back and do it again so that was a process a learning process for me so i'm glad that i did that with that house because with my house that i'm in now you know, I've had issues with it also, but I know so many contractors now that it's it's been really helpful. So um, Envy, every time we speak to him, he tells us the same story that you got a contract in Detroit and you and they put um, what tiles they, tiles on the, in uh, the bedroom on the in the bedroom. He tells us told us the story four times already. So I'm, uh, that's Envy's fault. I'm gonna tell you what Envy did because <laughs> see that's the part we really needed to know. If he would have asked me, should you use this person? I would have told him no. But that person had been working on my house and I wasn't using him anymore. So I think Envy thought he was going behind my back and getting him to go work <laughs> on his house instead of my house. But he never asked me. So I didn't even know at first. And so I told, I was like, I wouldn't use him. But, you know, that's what he wanted to do. But he still, you know, Envy still made some money. So good for him. But that's why you got to make sure you check those references. He was like, oh, who are you using? And then... He contacted him on his own. I didn't set that up. So one one of the things you do outside of obviously the radio and, and real estate is you have your juice bars. Mm -hmm. And so that is a, a thriving business. I'm wondering what, what that looks like in, in the state of COVID. How have you pivoted and uh, how's the business been going during this time? 
the juice bar has been pretty steady because we never close down. It is an essential business. And I think with the juice bar more than anything, you know, we, we, I think if we wanted to make more money, we do have to diversify what's in the juice bar because it really is just juices and the cost of produce goes up and down so much seasonally what's in season what's not you know obviously if you don't use everything we try to make sure if we have to give stuff away we do what we have to do but I do feel like financially it's not like amazing it's not like retire money I don't have to do anything else but it's great for the neighborhood and that's the most important thing so for me like having that in this neighborhood and having our juices start at six dollars that's like I would rather invest in doing something like that and not make a ton of money. And it's something that's beneficial for people than try to like come up and charge $9 for juices. So to me, I think that's, you know, something great for the neighborhood. And then I just started a press juice company that that was a business that when I first started it, it didn't work the way I wanted it to. So I had to go back and restructure it. And now it's coming back out in two weeks. Uh, on the, the, the places that you have the juice bars, I'm sorry, Ian. Uh, are we are we owning the, the real estate there or are we leasing it? No, it's a it's lease. Like a okay. Yeah, 10 year. Oh, okay. Hey, Ian. Hey, yeah, congrats on the deal with public. Um, Thank you. Now that you're investing in the stock market, what are the similarities that you see between real estate and investing in publicly traded companies? Um. So, well, I have been investing in the stock market before public, but I did okay. like some IPOs, I did Lyft and I did um, Pinterest, I really. And I try to do things that I'm like, again, the same way that I do real estate, I try to invest in places that I'm familiar with. And so I do the same thing with stocks, right? I don't, I research everything, but if it's something that I pay attention to, like Beyond Meat, I really use that, eat that, you know, so that would be something that I would invest in. And then Pinterest, I really use that. And then I knew that Pinterest was, about to have ads, which they hadn't had before. And so I was like, I feel, I sensed that Pinterest was already strong, but I knew it would get stronger. So that's why I did that IPO, which I was happy that I did. And so, yeah, so just certain things like that. But with public, I wanna learn more about investing in the stock market. Cause normally what I do is my stock broker will call me. I talk to him, he gives me his advice. And <laughs> if you ask different stock brokers, different things they'll all tell you something else. Like, things, they'll yeah. be like, no, that was a terrible idea. Oh, did he try to sell you this? And so it's just so hard when you're listening to different people and you don't know enough about it. And so with public, what I wanted to do was be able to invest not huge amounts. Cause when you do an IPO, they'll be like, you need to invest $50,000, you know, in order to get in on this. And that's a lot. And sometimes you, you know, that's a lot. And so it could be a bigger payoff, obviously, but it's a, I, what I'm trying to do is learn more on my own so that I can do these things and be more confident in doing it and then make money and have more fun with it. Like I never invest. And I feel like this about real estate. I never invest what I can't afford to lose. And so you'll, you'll never see me being like on Robin Hood, like, oh my God, I got to hurry up and buy, you know. Thanks, <laughs> yeah. oh, on sale. Yeah, yeah, that's good. Yeah, you mentioned really quickly, you mentioned Beyond Meat. I just want to tell everybody, I'm not sure if they caught this win, but that was a, actually a great call. They just announced a deal with uh, McDonald's and uh, Young Brands. So now they're going to the, the, they're gonna have McDonald's is going to have that, the, uh, veggie burgers and they have alternative meat burgers and then i think they're making like an alternative type chicken for kfc so that's definitely something to be looking forward to yeah. yeah yeah so and that's really what my rule is like if i'm i use it and i'm familiar with it because there's some stocks that i think you know people sometimes think the stock market is 
a place where you can quickly make a lot of money. And that's very rare that things like that happen. And so I just like to put that money away and act like it doesn't exist. Um, when did you, when did you realize like business was important? Cause a lot of entertainers and celebrities, um, they don't fully understand the, the aspects of investing, saving money, real estate, stocks, stuff like that. Were you always on that wave or did there was something happen where you just kind of realized that you had to do that? No, I definitely wasn't. I wish that when I was younger, I would have paid more attention to it. But when I worked at Sirius, I remember we had this guy up. He was a, um, <laughs> he was a um, financial planner, but he was also a rapper. His name was Billy Shakes, and he would like rap about, um, you know, how you should invest in mutual funds and stuff. And so he was like, Angela, you don't have a mutual fund. You don't have a Roth IRA. And I was like, no, what's that? And so I actually um, started my Roth IRA because of him. And I remember feeling like, well, I don't have money, extra money to invest. And he was like, look, this is going to come out of your check directly before taxes, and you won't even notice it. So I was just investing like maybe a hundred dollars a month or something like that. And, you know, I, I start to, when you start to see like some gains, that's when you feel more confident. And so I started feeling more confident. And then I was always doing my 401k just because of the match. Right. I think that's important. If your company does some type of match with your 401k, that's kind of free money. So why wouldn't you? And so I was doing that also, but when it came to business, I never felt confident enough to do something like I would have a million ideas but never execute them and what really helped me decide to execute is partnering with people that was one of the most important things that I did and when, and the first thing I opened was the brick and mortar business juices for life and I remember going to Styles P and saying look I really want to do this I see what you're doing in the community and again something I'm familiar with something that I actually do because waking up at four o'clock in the morning every day was really taking a toll on me I'm not really a big breakfast person and so I just wanted to do that but I couldn't find the right juice bars here as I was educating myself about it making sure it wasn't like extra sugary stuff and apple juice and orange juice and puree I wanted to make sure that it was something that really was good for you so I did that. And I think partnering with people that have more knowledge about something than you do is really the key to A, not burning yourself out trying to do everything on your own and B, making sure that you have a less chance of failure because somebody that's done it several times, they've opened several locations successfully. It made me feel a, a lot better. Yeah, I, I want to just unpack that a little bit if I can. So um, shout out to Styles, EYL alumni yes, yes. and a legend where we, where we come from. But um, so, you know, Market Mondays is an investment show, but it's a business show as well. And it's a lot of business gems that she just dropped. So I like the fact where she said, you know, as far as getting into something because she was already enthusiastic about it. Mm -hmm. No different from um, our interview with Fat Joe that comes out tomorrow. He's, he has a sneaker store, but he's been addicted to sneakers his whole life. Sure. So he, yeah. knows, he knows the business, like, and he's passionate about it. So like, even us, like what we do, like, this isn't hard for us to do. <laughs> we're passionate about it, right? Yeah. So that's the first thing, mm -hmm. follow your passion. And then when you partnered with somebody, you wasn't like, you're already a celebrity. You could have just said, I'm gonna do it myself. But being that Styles already has one and he went through it, it's like, why not partner mm -hmm. and work off of that? So how was that as far as like, can you talk about the importance of that as far as partnering and putting your humility aside and working with your peers? See, what I have to realize, especially for myself, is that I also know that I'm a super busy person, right? And I'm trying to do a lot of different things. And for me, to be realistic, there's no way that I could run a juice bar by myself. 
And I, but I will say this, I do believe that great management is important so that you can delegate responsibilities because sometimes we also don't trust people to run things. You have to really find people that you can trust. But partnerships, like my other businesses, I have a coffee company. I actually just signed a lease today for my brick and mortar location that I'll be opening in Brooklyn um, for Coffee yeah. Uplifts People. So I started a coffee company. Congratulations. Thank that. you. I've been running around today. <laughs> so during the pandemic, I started a coffee company and I partnered with Brooklyn Roasting to do that. Brooklyn Roasting's been around and, you know, they have several brick and mortar locations. They have a great product. And so, and they have a um, whole entire building in, um, they have a whole entire building in Brooklyn at, at the Navy Yard. And so they roast their beans there and they're able to get the packaging and all of those things that I would have had to figure out myself and think about how much cheaper it is, right? When they're ordering stuff because they're ordering in bulk and then we add ours onto that, you're already saving money with labels, with packaging, the beans are roasted right there. And so I felt confident in doing that, you know, that, um, they would help us and even opening the coffee shop you know now they had some of their stores closed during the pandemic and that gives us all of the um all of the equipment that we need so that helped out a lot what advice yeah, would I, you I, give to women sorry Trevor, go ahead no i got you what advice would you give to women who are looking to invest but they're definitely afraid to do so so take us back to when before you invested in your first property or first company what advice would you give them tonight I think the best thing to do is to have a goal, right? Like buying a house to me, I'm living in this house and it's a two family house. So that pays half my mortgage, you know, and my mortgage is less than what my rent would be for something this size, three bedrooms, you know, um, two and a half bathrooms, a full backyard, brownstone. And so I think what you have to do is, is think of what a smart investment is to you. And if you're living here, you would have been paying rent somewhere else. And so to me, is that's money you would have been spending anyway. And so the two family house or a three family house, if I would have had a three family house, it would have probably paid the whole mortgage. It was just coming up with that uh, down payment. And so that's why I'm a big fan of having a goal of financially, every month I have a goal of how much I want in my account for the next move I'm about to make. So I go really hard to reach it and I've been doing really good at that. And so it helps me not, cause I, I used to be such a, a spend, I used to love to shop. Like I would be at the mall literally every week. You know, what can I buy? What can I get? But when you have goals like that, it makes you realize how unimportant that can be. And not that you can't treat yourself, but it'll be like, okay, I hit this goal. I made this money. I have an extra $1,500. What am I going to do with it? You know, let me do something nice for myself. But I really do things like I'm really big on using points. I use my Amex cards for everything. And like, even uh... with the new, I have a new house in Brooklyn that I'm renovating. I'm putting everything on my Amex card so I can get those points. And then I'll be buying furniture with the points that I got from using my Amex card. You know, when I travel, I always fly on Delta because I have so many free flights now that I can use and I get upgraded all the time because of my status on there. So I just try to do things that I know make sense for me. That, that's something that's extremely important. Shout out to him, 500. He's going to say that, that a wise man told us that. He has like <laughs> and all this stuff, but he was like, um, He's not buying all this designer stuff. He spends $100,000 a month on Facebook ads and on his Amex cards, and he gets like $7,000 reward points back. So at $7,000 reward points, he just goes to Neiman Markets and just goes yeah. crazy. I like, put my first Louis bag and my first Chanel bag with points on my Amex card. Man, hold, hold, let's not skip over the ad spend, though. That's a gem in itself. 
Well, it is that. Well, we gotta save that one in. That's, that's okay. another. That's, yeah, one that's a episode. different. That's a different one. But Angela, wow. that's something that's extremely important as far as house hacking. I don't want people to to breeze over that. Um, because shout out to MG the mortgage guy. We talked to him, and he always talks about house hacking. House hacking is like when you live like what she's doing. She's a two family um home. You live on one unit. You you rent out the other unit, or three family, or four family, whatever. So I think it says a lot when somebody she's famous mm -hmm. and she's humble enough. To, to living in a two family home, renting out the other part because she understands that it makes economic sense. A lot of us, like some people are struggling day to day and they got too much and pride. And sacrifice to live with somebody else, right, right, yeah, right. Yeah, like you know what I'm saying? So it's like, I don't want that to get missed in this conversation. Yeah. And like, let, let alone, you couldn't walk in the property before she had it. Yeah. Right, I didn't even see it. <laughs> no, that's, that's, that's a lot to think about if you really think about it. it like is. I said, cause she, it's not like she has to do that. But yeah. she understands the importance of it. And it's like, why not? Can, can, can we talk about balance? Me and Rashad, we go back and forth all the time about balance. He likes to have life unbalanced, just how he operates. I like to have balance. I'm listening to you. You're waking up at 4 a.m. Most people can't do that. That's dedication, right? You, Hall of Fame radio career, right? You have the real estate portfolio. You got the juice bars. You just said you got the coffee shop. People forget that you actually have a very successful podcast, right? Lip service. By the way, we came to your live show. We did come to the live show. Excellent. We were in audience. We were in audience. Thank you. Great show, Dave East was there. Eighty-five South, our, our brothers were there. Yeah, yeah. What does balance look like for you? Um. Oh, and the last thing I want to say is I did open a store in Detroit, also a hair store, a private label, and I can't forget that I just opened that in January. So. Everybody on Seven Mile, go go support. Yeah, it's on. Thank you. It's on Eight Mile and Dequinder, baby. Come see us. Heavy in Detroit. Yeah. Listen. How do you manage this all? Um, so balance for me is like, look, I've been working all day today. I know I have things that I have to do, but what I try to do is I always try to have one day out of the week during the week that I don't have a lot to do. So on that one day, I might have like a couple of really light things. And that's when I handle stuff I need to handle for myself. And then on the weekend, I try to make sure one of those two days is not super busy for me also, because it is important to take a break. Like I try to make sure I get enough sleep. If I know I've been up working, I make sure like I'm going to bed at nine o'clock on, you know, Thursday night because I plan it. Like I plan everything. My schedule is just super rigid and organized, like down to the minute. And so, you know, that, that's it. And then a lot of times I try to mix business with pleasure as far as if I know I had some things to do and, you know, before there was a pandemic, but if I know I had somewhere to be, I'll invite some of my friends to come with me because I know they'll have a good time. For me, it might be work, but for a lot of them, it's fun. And so that makes work fun for me when I have people that are fun around me. There you have it. <laughs> Sounds like our friends. What's the biggest goal that you're trying to achieve over the next five years? So, and how can we help? You said what? What's the biggest goal you're trying to achieve over the next five years and how can we help? So my biggest goal is for these businesses that I started, I want them to be, right now I'm in an investment stage of everything I feel like, you know, except for the juice bar, which has been open for a few years now. But like with the hair store, I need that to, you know, start making money. And I mean, it makes money now, but I need to get the return on my investment. For the coffee company, the goal for the coffee company is for me to be able to um, be in stores and I have all these meetings with different supermarket chains coming up for that and for the press juice company. And so I want to make sure that those businesses are, you know, huge multi-million dollar, hundred million dollar businesses. And that's the goal for those. And then I'm going to franchise 
the coffee shops. And so I'm building it out so that it'll be franchisable so that other people can open their own. And we're doing a whole education program when it comes to coffee, because there's a lot in the coffee business that people don't know about. And every business that I do, I try to make sure that I'm always educating myself on it and taking classes and like learning everything so that I become somewhat of an expert on it. Because I think it's the worst thing if you open a business and don't know anything about the business that you open. That's a gem. That is a gem, ladies and gentlemen. Um, are we going to take a question? Or... Can we? How are we doing with time? I know you got to get up early. You got a couple more minutes? Yeah, I'm fine. Can, okay. can we try like an ask you segment? Yeah, let's do it. Let's do it. <laughs> I think she's familiar with that. Let's do it. All right, uh, let's go. Drew Grimes. We're not, we're not getting we're not getting relationship advice. No relationship advice. <laughs> so. Please be respectful. Uh, Drew, I'll mute yourself. You've been unmuted. What's going on? How's it going, y'all? Um, my question good. was actually for, for you guys. It was about um, opening up a Roth. So I just had my brother open up a Roth, but when I was looking up um, Roth accounts on Investopedia, it was saying that it has to be earner, earned income and he doesn't work a job and he never has. So like, is he able to open up that Roth account? How old is he? Um, he's 19. Um, I mean, yeah, they're not really gonna check it like that. It's really for the minors. I mean, but yeah, it's supposed to be like, I mean, but how is he gonna put money in if he never, if he never had, a, if he doesn't work? You gonna put money in for him? Um, well, he has a, he has a bank, he has like a savings account with some money that he's made throughout his life. And we were just gonna move that money into his Roth. Yeah, I mean, to, to give you, because every the, the bigger we get, a lot of people, the technical police are coming down on us at an alarming rate. I put a post to Caesar and they're like, that's tax fraud. He's going to put you in jail. So pay your taxes. Um, yes, it, yes, it has to be earned income that you receive. So I'm going to give you the technical answer on this. It, okay. Tell him that once he starts working, then he can start putting money into his retirement account. Until then, do a regular brokerage. Okay. The feds, the feds are listening. <laughs> <laughs> Appreciate you, Drew. The technical, yeah. This is a message from EYL and the good brother Ian Dunlap. All right, Bridget, we're coming to you. Bridget, unmute yourself. You have been unmuted. What's going on, Bridget? Doing. We great. How are you? How are you? How are you? I'm good. Hi, Angela. I'm Hi, Bridget. Of yours. Thank I just you. want to say I saw on Instagram your store was broken into. Uh, recently. I'm sorry to hear about that. What was your biggest takeaway from having that happen to you? Like better insurance or security, or can you expound on that? Well, we do have insurance, but it kind of didn't make sense because it's a deductible of a thousand dollars. So, um, you know, one of the things was that we don't keep money in the register like that. It's like, a couple hundred dollars for in the morning so that you have change to give to people like some singles and fives. So people were telling me you should just keep the register open. But the biggest problem was that they broke the glass and we really don't have gates up. I mean, we've been there for like five years with no gate and we haven't had any issues. And so I hate the idea of having to put a gate up because I want, you know, I see newer businesses coming into the community and they're not doing that. And I just love the idea of feeling like, okay, you know, we're doing something great. People are going to love us. And that's not necessarily true. So I have to figure out, I guess, if we should just go ahead and, and for real put those gates up, you know, around the juice bar. Because you think, like, who's breaking into a juice bar? But that's crazy. 
Uh, this one, I mean, they want that Vitamix. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, just to put it out there, they did catch the person. We do have video cameras. You know, we do have an alarm. We have all of that. So that was, it wasn't that we didn't have anything. And we did give the video footage to the police. They did find the person. He had actually had our Uber Eats tablet on him as he was breaking into another location in Queens. Oh, wow. But those are all things with being a business owner, especially a brick and mortar. Yeah. Like a lot of things that people don't fully appreciate. And it's like, even when I was saying us with the live show, it's like, as a business owner, you got to deal with employees. You got to deal with, you know, petty larceny. You got to deal with, you know, insurance. You got to deal with all kinds of stuff, pandemics. Actually, that brings me to a question I have for you. So brick and mortar, being a a brick and mortar business owner during the pandemic, did this make you want to transition more to online-based business and sell products online? Or do you still believe in the model of brick brick and mortar businesses? Um, I think it depends on what it is. Like, look, for my coffee company, I feel like having a flagship store is actually great marketing for my online business because that is going to be a great online business for us. And with the hair store, with private label extensions, they do great online already. That's another company that already existed. And I opened the store with them in Detroit and they have locations in Atlanta. They do great online, but certain things like that, people want to come in and feel the hair and touch it. So locally, yes, people will still come. There's stylists that come to the store several times a day for their clients, you know, that they have to do. So I think that you'll always need that. But I also look at that as marketing. If you can keep that overhead low and uh, and have a, a location that people can come to, I do feel like I'd rather pay that a month than have to, you know, invest in, uh, you know, more people to do marketing for us. Because I do feel like it helps to, for people to be able to come to a location take their pictures on Instagram, you know, see it and actually have a real space. Cause we do a lot of things like in the juice bar, you know, I do this wealth Wednesdays every month and I still have been doing that uh, virtually throughout the pandemic, but we've done like free acting classes. We have a library in there and things like that. I feel like are so necessary to have that real interaction. What's, what's, what's wealth Wednesdays. Can you talk about that a little bit? Um, so wealth Wednesdays is an event that I've been doing for like three years now. And so it would be once a month. And I partnered up with Stacey Tisdale. She's a financial expert. She worked at the New York Stock Exchange, first black woman on the floor and for the Wall Street Journal. And so I learned a lot from her when I met her. So I was like, we should start doing this for other people. Cause just like you guys, I feel like some of that information is so valuable. It's helped me a lot. And so we started doing these events and it just started off with us doing them in a juice bar. It was free for people to come. And we got a lot of support, like Google did events with us where they talked about Google AdWords and how to promote your businesses using their, uh, using their all, everything that they have on Google. Um, we did some stuff with, we just did Rocket Mortgage and Self Financial app. We did, um, they sponsored us, but at first we weren't getting sponsorships. Now it's grown to the point, it's something we just did because we wanted to, but it grew to the point now where we've had Shea Moisture sponsor us during this pandemic. Um, who else have we had? We've had a lot of different really great companies that we work with that help us bring this information for free to people. And so something that started off that was just a labor of love turned into something even bigger than that. On your retail source, are you capturing name, email, and phone number to do follow-up marketing? Or can you talk about some offline strategies that you're doing to help grow the business? Um, so I feel like, you know, it's been... For instance, the Detroit um, store private label, my partner in that, Mikey, he's like a super tech guy, right? And he does a lot of stuff with Shopify. And Shopify, I think, and I invested in Shopify too. 
just because I use yeah, I use them a lot. And I love all the new features that they have. Like on my phone, every time somebody buys something, it goes to ching and it just feels good every time I hear it (laughs) at the location. But um, so he's really great at using Facebook ads and everything and really targeting our customers in a certain region. And so as soon as we open, he has like a huge following on there. And the people that follow him are people that are specifically interested in hair. So that helps us a lot. And so he's been really great at that. I think for the juice bar, it hasn't been something that we've been really amazing at. Angela, are there any books that you've used to help you during this financial journey? Um, I wouldn't say, I'm trying to think, is there, is there any books? You know what, I'm gonna be honest. I don't read a lot of um, financial books. I like Grant Cardone. I'll read like certain things just because I'm like, okay, let me see what this person is talking about when it comes to real estate. <laughs> Get this one. <laughs> and so, yes, I'll do things like that. But um, usually I look everything up online. Like I'm really big at reading articles online about everything. And so if I'm interested in something, like I'll do a search on it. And then I'll look at, you know, the Wall Street Journal. I'll look at the New York Times. I read all of those articles, Forbes and everything just to, to get some information. What book do you like from Carter on the most? Tennis rule? Um, I, I'm gonna be honest. I don't know the names of any books. I just know I was like, oh, let me read this Grant Cardone book. Just yeah, Grant Cardone, good guy. Uh, he's he's, he's, <laughs> he's interesting. He's alumni. He's, he's one of the alumni. He's on Clubhouse. Room is good. Yeah, I don't know if him and Envy have the best relationship though. <laughs> well, Why? I don't think a shot, right? Did he? Talk about that another time. <laughs> oh my gosh. I mean, yeah. like at the end of the day, when people have successfully done things, you know, it is what it is. Like you can learn something from everybody. It doesn't mean you True. have to do things the way that they did it, but it's definitely something you can learn from, from whoever. Yeah. So if he's yeah. definitely built himself an empire. That's a fact. Uh, definitely let's get to a couple more questions before, before we wrap. Yeah. Samara, we're coming to you. Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. Hi, good evening, everyone. How are you? How are you? Well, thank you. So my question is for Angela. Um, I'm also in real estate and I actually went through my own first um, renovation project last year. And I got to the point where I ended up just sending some of my boys to go talk to the contractors and like the countertop people and like the cabinet people because I felt like I'd go into have these conversations with these guys. It's a very male dominated industry. And you know, every plumber, every electrician, right? All these people that are doing work on my house generally are all men. And it felt like, you know, I wasn't always getting the best rate or the most straightforward answer. So I was just wondering if you would come across that ever, how you kind of combat that, how you, you know, Cause I would know like some of the prices going in there of what mm-hmm. I should expect to pay. And then they would come back and tell me something ridiculous. So just wondering as a woman, if you've come across that, how you've managed it and any tips. <laughs> you listen all the time. And I also, yes, definitely when you're a woman, but I also feel like if you're not like super knowledgeable, people do take advantage. That's why I love the fact that you said you do your own research and you know what something should cost and what it does. And what I've had to learn is that you have to have options. You know what I mean? Like if I come to you for something and you try to, I've had to do that before. I remember um, they were working on the house next door and it flooded my basement because their basement flooded. 
And so I had to get like all kinds of things done. They had to come remove mold and all kinds of stuff. And I, and then they tried to charge me like $10,000 to put up the drywall. Mm. I was like, okay, now that is the most ridiculous thing because they got the mold off and then they were like, okay, we have a company that can put the drywall back up. We don't do that. So you can hire these people. And I was like, $10,000 for drywall, y'all are bugging. So I actually, it's good to know other people that you're just friends with that do renovations. So my friend from my old block, um, George, I was like, George, you know, they're trying to charge me this. He was like, oh, me and my cousin will come do it for you just by the um, drywall. And they just did it for me. But it's just so important for you to have relationships with people who are really in that field that you can talk to and find a couple of people you can dress, trust, even if they're not necessarily doing the work for you, but at least you can bounce some things off of them and just see, okay. And also get more than one estimate. Like I'm a big fan of that. I don't just go with the person I've been talking to, like how much is this? I'll get three other estimates and be like, okay, this person is charging me this. So I will go with you, but you're charging me double what they are. So somebody's looking for drywall George's uh, Instagram. <laughs> drywall George. Thank That's a you. <laughs> if you do a good business, man, you can build an empire. That reliability is so low. Yeah. Contract. <laughs> uh, let, let's let's get one more. One more. Yeah, 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 for sure. Let's see. Uh, let's go to Nancy. Nancy, I am coming to you. Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted, Nancy. What's going on? Oh, is it our first fridge break? It was going good tonight. We was doing great. The lasagna's not that good. Oh, she went to the fridge, and everybody knows there's no fridge break. Uh, so we're gonna go. Let's keep the let's keep the ladies going. I like I like the ladies going. Let's try Samantha. Samantha, what's going on? Unmute yourself. You've been unmuted. Hello, can you hear me? Hey, Samantha. Yep. How are you? All right. Good evening, everybody. Hi. Um, big fan, Angela. I'm about to fan out. I'm gonna try not to. Um, <laughs> My question is, uh, you talked about partners, uh, partnerships. How did you structure those partnerships so that it was win-win for everyone? You know, one of the most important things you can do is have an operating agreement because you can't just go into business with a handshake deal and a one sheet of paper within a, You have to have a real operating agreement and have an attorney look at it because it protects everybody. And so with everything that I've done, with the exception of the juice bar, that was my first business. But with everything that I've done moving forward, it has helped me so much because we've had issues where we've had to go back to the operating agreement and see who has what percentage, you know, who has the final say in certain things. And that's important. Like, it's just like a marriage. And just like you have a contract when you have a marriage and a lot of people have prenups. Um, <laughs> just in case things don't work out, you need to know where you stand because people will try to screw you over and you don't ever want to be in that position. You want things to be fair. And I'm a very fair person also, but I don't want to get taken advantage of. Yeah. And so I do feel like it's so important for you to have a lawyer that's on your side to help you get this operating agreement done. So you have actual paperwork. So if this happens, you know, this is what you get. They can't leave the business and start something else that's competing with your business. You need to make sure you have all of those things in writing so that you protect yourself. Thank you. Yeah, there you have this it. mitigation. Me, me, me and Troy just have a handshake. So if, anything, if anything goes bad, <laughs> I'm, at, I'm at his front door. I'm at his front door. You know where I live. It's going to be tough. That would be, be a disaster, tough. guys. I mean, it would be a great episode, though. <laughs> it would be a great episode. Celebrity death match. The, the final, the final episode. Been independent. 
the, <laughs> the season finale of Ernie Alicia. Finale. <laughs> <laughs> Forever, forever for now. Angela, I, I want to let you know that we I paid attention to detail, and most people don't know this, but we are hip hop babies, and so we know how important Wu Tang is to you. And so tonight we put up two Wu Tang classics for you. <laughs> so we got the Liquid Swords, and we got Only Built for Cuban. Liquid Swords, that's a Ooh. that's a classic. That's a I know yeah. that she likes that, but that's not that's not an obvious choice. That's something that you really gotta. When you yeah. pay attention to details, you know these things. I mentioned Liquid Swords this morning. Somebody might have heard, I'm just saying, you know? <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, we appreciate it. Uh, any last word for Angela, uh, Ian? Thank you for taking the time to do it because I know it's past your ideal bedtime, so thank you for doing it. Um, Paris, thank you for setting it up. Anthony, Paris Drew, is right here. I appreciate you so much for working with us uh, to get the queen on. I appreciate it, Drew, thank you. And Ian, I just want to say, and I do want to, um, you guys to help me out, like, because, you know, the reason why I signed up for public and mm -hmm. I'm also working with them is because I wanted to start something that would help my friends become investors. Right. And that was a big deal to me for me to educate us, for us to be more confident, comfortable, educate ourselves on investing. We had those conversations now that we never used to have where we talk about investing in the stock market. Mm -hmm. What do I want to do? How do we come together and buy a vacation home that we can Airbnb? Just those type of conversations. And so one thing that I told public when I agreed to partner with them was that I really wanted them to help provide experts that could come on and just kind of guide us through things and make us feel more comfortable. So, you know, hopefully- I'll be happy to come through the cookout. Yeah, <laughs> and yeah, I'm hoping we can have Earn Your Leisure, Ian, we can have you, but I would love for something like that to happen. And when we can be back in person, I want to have like brunches and events that's all about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, well, you know, well, EYL's the biggest. Let's do it. I, I, I'm not sure if you're aware of that, but um, yeah, we actually the biggest business platform. So it makes perfect sense. But I actually met you in Chicago um, a while back. Last. September. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We were trying to get you on EYL back then. So I'm glad that this this happened. Ian, um, Ida, Ian was persistent and he <laughs> made it happen. So Paris, I was tired of emailing her. I'm like, come on, Queen, let's do it. <laughs> so, no, yeah, I enjoy it. And I feel like I know a lot more now than I even did, you know, last year. So yeah, it's perfect yeah. timing. Everything happens at the right time. So Thank you. Thank you. Um, hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll see more of you and best of luck to you. Kudos and everything that you have going on. Keep inspiring. Congratulations on being a hall of famer in the radio. Congratulations on being an entrepreneur and investor. And um, yeah, keep, uh, keep up the great work on the breakfast club and everything else that you have going yeah. on. Keep putting thank on for guys. Brooklyn. Thank, yes. <laughs> thank you so much. I expect to see you guys at the grand opening of the um, coffee shop too. Oh, oh once the invite comes, we're there. Yeah, we'll do it. Thank you. Big fact. Thank you. You have an amazing one. I appreciate you. Take care. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Oh, y'all, I apologize for the mic, too. So I feel like I missed the game winner, so I won't let that happen again. <laughs> My bad. Ah, uh, so good, like, man. Uh, we, had to, we, had, we, had, we had to step in, man. Things things happen. Yeah. And, um, you know, the show, the show must go on. As they say on Broadway, the show must go on. It's gonna go on. Mike, no mic. Um, 100 audio. people, 600, 700, 7,000. Whatever, it's all good. We're gonna it's get it done. Good. So um, yeah, man, um, a lot of information today. We went over the raw fire rate play for the kid. We went over Cardano in great detail for any, for a lot of people that probably never were familiar with Cardano. Um, we, we talked about DraftKings. Mm -hmm. We talked about um, online gambling. 
Um, and then of course- Blockchain ETFs. Blockchain ETFs, that's a fact. Of course, Angela came on. Um, but I feel like, you know, Ian, you wanna just go for like a couple of 10 minutes, just answer some questions since- Of course. Had some issues? Yeah, all right, we, we give you this bonus round, man. We give you a bonus round. All right, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. For the people. Jarius, what's going on, man? Unmute yourself, you've been unmuted. Oh, not Darius. What's going on, fellas? Oh, there we go. How we we doing out in Houston? Man, say, we bouncing back out here, man. Those freezes, uh, I didn't go to work for about a week. Um, Bouncing back from that right now. But uh, yeah, man, it's it's, 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 Okay. Okay. Like it was right. like it was hot. Like I broke a sweat like three days later. <laughs> good, to, good to hear, man. What's your question, bro? <laughs> uh, I would say that my question actually, I had a question for Angela or uh, for uh, Kayla. I think that was the name. Uh, mm-hmm. I was speaking on crypto. Um, I'm looking at Coinbase. I had actually pulled it up while we were having the conversation, and the prices and stuff come up. I'm zero percent fluent in crypto. Um, mm-hmm. I've heard, but I've heard Rashad bring up the crypto conversation. He's like, man, you crazy not to, you know, be looking at crypto. You crazy not to. I'm like, man, I'm like, okay. I got to figure out where I'm going to start at. But um, I'm going to have to go back and look at that crypto conversation. Was really going to ask Angela Yee about uh, as far as like podcasting and stuff like that was concerned, but she's already gone. So, man. Yeah, I pretty do it too. Good podcasters right here. Yeah, about to say, you we got might the know biggest, something about it. Yeah, you Just got the biggest, I messed up my mic like, today, though, you know. Just as far as building, just as far as building the 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 list up, I know that Troy and Rashad. I know you guys started just the two of y'all having conversations about financial literacy and different topics, uh, and and getting uh the concepts and the terminology down and out there. But then you guys really started getting out there by actually have bringing people on, and I was just like, wow, you know, Jay Morris and. And everybody that just came on after that. And I was like, damn, I was like, how did you? I see a lot of content being published about how to build those lists and how to do like cold email or cold outreach just in general. How did you guys go about getting building that list and starting a campaign to get those guys onto the show? Don't tell the secret. Let's get into this. Let's get into this podcast game because we 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 haven't spoken about this in, in detail yet, but we have whatnot in too many public forums. So mm-hmm. podcast, million dollar industry is only growing. So a lot of people are interested in podcasts. We've built a few successful podcasts. So I think we, we can speak intelligently about this. Mm-hmm. Um, the best way, and this goes for people that want to get on the podcast too, because we get a bunch of requests of people that want to get on Earn Your Leisure, want to get on Market Mondays. The best is when you, we, you don't have to ask. The people. And that goes for the other side for the podcast. The best is when you've built a brand and now people want to be on your podcast mm-hmm. because it provides value, right? You got to realize when people come on a podcast, they're not coming on just because they're coming on because they might have a product or they might want to just build their brand or they might just want some more recognition or they might have a new company that is about to launch. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when you're looking at a podcast, it's the same reason why people go on the radio. Exactly. Or, like when an artist goes on a, on a press tour, he goes on radio stations, he goes to TV. They're not doing that just out of charity. They're doing that to promote their album. So the same thing with podcasts. So I say that to say, in my opinion, it's don't worry about the guests, worry about providing the value. That's 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 what we did. 
we found the niche that nobody was really doing at the time and we did it in our own unique way. Mm-hmm. We doubled down on content um, and we flooded, we flooded social media with valuable content and we was extremely consistent. Yeah. And then from there, it was just a snowball. And then after a while, it becomes a lot easier to get bigger name guests because they see the value. A, they see the track record, they see the value and they see the numbers. To be completely honest with you about it, they see the numbers and this is what you have a deck. So shout out to Wallow. He's the first person that put me onto what a deck was. I didn't even know what that was. No cool. And um, he was like, yeah, you got to have a deck. And he showed me million dollars worth of game, million dollars worth of game, one of the top podcasts in the game. He showed me their deck. Com- complete transparency too. Yeah, numbers yeah, yeah. was on there and showed, everything. He showed it to me. And that, the deck is the numbers that you get for the advertisers and all of that too. So it's like, all right, uh, Market Monday's averaging 100,000 uh, listeners per week. And these are the analytics. 40% of them are men, 60% are women. Um, top five cities, Atlanta, Detroit, Chicago, yeah. you know, age, Miami, age, and then it's like the age, millennials. Yep. So now, so now when people um, ask to see, okay, give me information about the show. You're not just randomly writing a paragraph to say, Hey, market Mondays is a good investment show that comes on YouTube. Nah, you actually have something that's, you know, professional. You say Mark Cuban has <sighs> been featured. Angela Yee has been featured. DJ Envy has been featured. And it's like a nice, clean one pager, sometimes two pager. And um, you can send that to people. And then you update it as your numbers increase, you update the deck. And um, you use that not only for, um, you know, try to get advertising, but you use it for guests as well. Especially That's like that. bigger name guests, they, they, wanna, they, want, they wanna know. It's like your press kit. So um, yeah, that's something that, you know, shout out to my, like I said, shout out to my brother Wallow. He gave me the game on that. And um, that helped us out. And um, that's something that anybody that's in the podcast game or in the media game period, you should definitely be aware of that and put together your deck. And uh, I mean, you can Google like templates to kind of give you an idea, but all of the things that I just mentioned are things that should be. I'm very, yeah, I'm very, I'm very familiar with uh, media kits. I'm okay, very yeah. familiar, familiar with media and brand kits uh, with analytical data. Uh, and that's, okay. yeah, just like you said, that is, that is the thing that kind of hooks people. Yeah, I'm very familiar with that. For you. Go ahead. You need to, it's it's like, podcast is like rap right now, but everybody has a mix too. You have to figure out what your competitive advantage is in the marketplace. For me, any guest I Mm -hmm. have on, I want to give them the best interview they ever had in their life. So, like, when Bono was on, I spent, like, 49 hours coming up with questions for him. So, when he came Mm -hmm. back, it hit same thing with Josh Brown. I've been watching Compound for three or four years. I try to give everybody their best interview. There are certain things that guests are going to feel that with a deck, it'll push them to want to be on. Like when I have guests on, hopefully you guys can feel it. It's not about me. I'm trying to bring the best out of them so you can get the information. So Yeah, I love the way you ask questions. Thank you. So you, you have to figure out like what are you going to give to the community that watches versus Grant, Gary, uh, Lewis House, Tim Ferriss, like find what your landscape is, what your competitive niche going to be. And it may be short form. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of lane for a nine to 13 minute podcast. But if you're going to go deeper, you have to know what your advantage is over everyone else. And for me, I want to get the best information and give them the best interview possible. I'll just take two things. because That's a lot. That's a lot. I think what Shadi said, consistency is the key. It is the absolute key, right? Mm-hmm. People can oh, rely on and they know when something's going to happen, then they can, it becomes part of their daily routine. And to what Ian said about preparation, mm-hmm. anytime we do an interview, I feel like I, I need to know the person. 
Mm-hmm. So like it'll it'll be three to five hours of just reading everything I can find, like down to your government name. Like before you sit down, I know who you are. <laughs> now we're just gonna have a comfortable conversation. And that's kind of like like behind the scenes things that we do. We'll sit down for like an hour before we ever do an interview and we get to know the person. And now it's just like, all right, we're just gonna put the camera on now. And so people feel real comfortable. So they they become very honest and open about the, the, the questioning and answers because they feel like they know us. And after they do the interview a lot, and if you've seen us, every time we go anywhere, a lot of people that we've interviewed are still with us because they feel that comfortability. They feel that the relationships are genuine. Um, and then mm-hmm. that opens up a door of resources and networking from there. And then if I can chime in, follow up. So make your list, maybe four or 500 people. You're not gonna get them the first shot. I've been working on getting the E on for maybe four months. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's a so, fact. Right, so kudos to Drew, like parents, when I'm shouting them out, they all were working at the same time to get her on because for how busy she is. And also you have to realize mm-hmm. too, these guests that you want on, they're human beings to go through stuff. So it's a lot easier if you know about them and you're really a fan of them. Um, but reach out maybe once a week, once every two weeks with a different angle and not template. Cause even through email and text, they'll be able to feel it if you really like them or if you're just blasting out to everybody. Yeah, it's a lot. Darius, last thing I would tell you this, look across before you look up. All right, look across before you look up. Meaning, right, there's somebody around you right now that can add value to your situation before you start looking up at the people that you wanna get, right? You get certain levels of of career choices until you, there's people that we're working on for still two years in the making and we still haven't got on, but we're still working. And like we said today, nothing happens before it's time. Nothing will happen before it's time. So yeah, look across true. before you look up, boss. And if you can buy it from Rashad, that template that he's saying, I don't know if he'll sell it to you, but <laughs> I don't know if he's gonna Come sell it to you. Come off the good, Shadi. Come off the good. So separately. Nah, nah, nah. We already gave the game. I, I get the game. I get the game, man. I get the game all the time when it comes to no podcasting. No sleep. Yeah, man. It's just, you know. <laughs> Thanks, Ian. But nah, you know. I got, I got an interview request. Who's that? Kevin Hart. On the list. All right. <laughs> Appreciate awesome. you, bro. Nope. No. Nope. Love y'all. Appreciate you, bro. Appreciate you. Too. All right. Great question. All right, guys. We are we we are approaching two hours. Um, appreciate 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 it. Um, yeah. Shout out to Angela Yee, um, for coming on. Uh, yeah, that was a long time in the making, so I'm glad we got to do that. And shout out to Kayla for coming on as well. Um, that was a nice surprise. Um, once again. Don't forget, this week is a big week for us. Uh, Fat Joe, Joey Crack, mm-hmm. a legend himself, tomorrow, 5 o'clock Eastern Standard Time, all podcast outlets. Jopra. Jopra, the big, big, big <laughs> show. You know, you know, Joe got a million and one stories, man. So right. shout out to Joey, man. Good, 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 good dude. Um, super, super solid. Shout out to Joe. And then Wednesday, Miss Business will be teaching a class for tax strategy. Um, our first tax class of the year for EY University. And we're kicking it off for the woman for the month of March. So once again, the EYO University sale will be midnight. I said, well, let's do it like 12, 12 Eastern tomorrow. Wait, wait. So. We, we can't leave without telling them what Wednesday is. Oh the, yeah, yeah, The yeah. big day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, well, I was gonna get to that at the end, <laughs> We'll get there. We can, um, so 12 o'clock Eastern Standard Time tomorrow, the sale is um, has expired for EYO University, but you can still get that. And um, yeah, happy birthday to my brother Troy, man. Wednesday, definitely March third, Pisces. Yeah, it's all Pisces, week, man. Pisces r- rule the world, man. So 
Shout out to Troy's birthday is uh, Wednesday. My birthday was Saturday. Saturday. His birthday is Wednesday. So we like back to back birthday twins. So I'm not sure exactly what he has planned yet. I'm sure Danielle has something planned for him. I might not be included in it. I'm probably not gonna be included in his birthday. My birthday, everybody was included, but I'm probably not gonna we, be included. We, we, uh, I'm, yeah. But I understand it. So um, yeah. we'll, we'll do something. I think we're going to Atlanta this weekend or something for business. So we might do something in Atlanta. Um, but yeah, man. Appreciate happy, the love, y'all. Happy birthday, happy birthday. Appreciate the love, appreciate the love. And all my Pisces, it was my, my niece Tori's birthday yesterday. So shout out to her and our, our brother, uh, Eddie, man. His birthday just yeah. passed too. A lot of Pisces. Oh, it's a lot of Pisces, man. A lot of Pisces. It's a lot of Justin Pisces. Justin Lavoie like none of y'all, but I'm yeah, 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 proud. Justin. Yeah, we just need to sit know, down with him. I don't know what happened. He got scarred, he got some, scarred. Well, some Pisces one broke <laughs> yeah, his heart. he got scarred bad by Pisces, man. But Justin, man, uh, what's, what's going on, bro? We gotta talk about it. show love for us. We gotta talk about Come it. Come on, man. We leading the charge. Troy, any last words? Yeah, uh, and, and this week means more so than anything. Um, really really it's really important that you reach out and have vulnerable conversations with the ones you that you love a lot of times we walk around and we wear a facade that everything is okay and so just asking the question is not enough but actually caring and going uh, the extra mile um when checking in on people we had a, a close friend of ours uh recently uh that we had an in-depth conversation with i have one which i have one with two and we peeled back some layers and just as men it was beautiful to do that so I encourage everybody to do that with your loved ones and even some of your friends. Uh, Cause like I said, every week, one conversation can change the trajectory of someone's life and we're watching it happen. So I encourage and I implore you to do that. Yeah, you, you never know what somebody's going through. Um, we all have our own battles that we're fighting internally, externally. And um, yeah, sometimes you just need some encouragement. Yeah. Um, and yeah, you know, just keep that in mind. Cause there's a lot going on right now. Mental health is something that's extremely important. Mm -hmm. Physical health is something that's extremely important. Um, so yeah, just you know, take take a minute to help if you can, and um, have some empathy if you can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ian, I'll give you the last word, brother. <laughs> Meditation, prayer, and time together will change a lot. Thank you guys a lot um, for everybody watching, everybody in Red Panda. I appreciate you all, my family. Once again, my bad about the audio. I feel like I missed the game one from fourteen feet. But I'll fix it. Um, <laughs> I'm like, you got the visuals right. The mic messed up. I'm like, yeah. But things happen. <laughs> Business owners, you have to learn to adjust on the fly and just roll with the punches. Things happen. So, um, no, no, sure no, no actually not that. It's not. It's yeah. really not that bad. It was, I mean, it was an issue. It was. It was an issue early on with the microphone feedback. But I mean, once that once you switched, it wasn't like bad the whole episode. It so, wasn't great yeah. though. We going for great. What like I'm being, being for real? Like, what if Jamie Foxx is watching tonight? And it was like I would, but the brother got the suit on, but it's all terrible. <laughs> Producers, he gonna, he's, stuff he, like that. If he was watching tonight, he's gonna remember the drywall George. He's gonna be laughing drywall at that. That's hard. <laughs> if one of you guys don't have the IG name, go get it. So for those of you in Cabinet or Patterson, go get that. Yo, we love y'all as always. Peace.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.